Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi, everyone. I'm having major technology issues. This is my third time trying to record this. I'm not pleased. (laughs) Anyway, that is because I'm using a new microphone. I have a handheld microphone, so I hope it sounds okay. I'm using this because I am at the beach. I'm on Long Beach Island, and that is why I'm going to be taking this weekend off, basically. Yeah, you're still getting an episode. You still hear this episode, but I just wanted to hop on here and add a little bit to the episode so it's not a total rerun. I really just want to take this weekend off. It's Memorial Day weekend, even though it's going to rain and be terrible weather this entire weekend, which I'm not pleased with. I still decided to come down the shore. I'm at an apartment that is owned by my aunt and uncle, and they generously let me stay here. My dad has a place down here, but it's very small, and I basically have to sleep on the couch when I'm there, so it's really nice to be able to come and stay at the apartment. It's also my birthday. It'll be my birthday when you're hearing this. I, I'm really not a birthday person. I really don't care about my birthday. I, I'm not like, I don't hate my birthday or anything. I feel a lot of indifference towards my birthday. I, it's really not something that matters a lot to me. I'm a Gemini, which means nothing to me because I don't know anything about astrology, but I am a Gemini and I know a lot of people hate Geminis and I know there are a lot of bad Geminis like Donald Trump and Kanye West. But Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen are also Geminis. Also, Tomlin is a Gemini. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I wanted to take this week off. Um, I still have to run an episode, so I figured I would run this Duggar episode, but I would add a little bit of an intro here. Now, I did this Duggar episode, I think, like a year and a half ago. I think it was at the very beginning of 2020, if not done in 2019, but I'm pretty sure 2020. And I figured I would rerun this and just like give a little update on my thoughts and feelings on what's going on. So first of all, obviously huge, huge sugar warning. I'm going to be talking about child sexual assault and child sexual assault materials. If you would like to turn off the podcast, I would suggest doing it. This whole episode is a major trigger warning for all things child abuse and also just sexual assault in general. So if that's upsetting to you, please turn off this episode. So With that said, I've had a lot of people ask me about Josh and my thoughts on Josh. And I did do the day um, the charges dropped, which was like a month ago at the beginning of May, I think. I did do an episode on my Patreon, a car cast, you know, my famous car cast, which I've not done on Feathers in My Hair in quite a long time. But I did a car cast with my thoughts and feelings, like my initial reaction. If you want to hear that go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Last week, I did an episode on Girl Defined. So, you know, not irrelevant to this conversation. Fundamentalist Christians, not irrelevant. Uh, This coming week, I'm going to do like, not an ask me anything so much because I didn't ask for topics on me, but just like ask me anything about topics in general. Um, Because I also want to take an easy week on there. Um, I never get to take weeks off the podcast, which honestly is fine. As a podcast listener, like I fucking hate when my podcasts don't come out. And you know, it's funny when I first started this, Nicole, my producer and Molly were both like, here's the thing, like 
you have to put out an episode every week. And I was like, uh, yeah, I can do that. And I don't think I like fully understood the commitment I was making, which is okay. I was able to commit to it. I was thinking today, like if I relapsed, what would be, <laughs> I don't know, my brain is crazy. But like, what would be the first thing that I thought of? Or like, what would be one of the first things to fall out of whack in my life? And like, I know for a fact, it would be my podcast. Like, I would not have been able to do one, let alone two podcasts every fucking week in active addiction. I know I would be so unable to keep this commitment. But it's important to me to put out episodes every weekend because I just I just think it's important. I don't like podcasters that take a lot of time off. I don't think I've taken off feathers in my hair since Thanksgiving. I don't know if I already said that in this episode. As I said, it's my third time recording this. <laughs> But what was I saying? Patreon, right. So I did um, like a 45-minute episode on there just talking about the charges and talking about my reaction to like the meta commentary, of course. You guys know like God forbid anything happens and Liz Bentley doesn't hop on her mic to like criticize the internet's response to it. That is my bread and butter. So that's what that episode's about. Um, I'm going to obviously go through a lot of that stuff here, but if you're interested in hearing like my initial fast thoughts, you can go to patreon.com slash Liz Explains. But yeah, since I'm putting the Duggar episode out, I figured that I would, I believe it's on the Duggar Girls book, I think is the basis of this episode. Yes, I read their book. It was um, unbearable, one could say. Unbearable. But I mean, no, I don't want to say it's interesting. I think the thing that's interesting, and this is how I feel about all Duggar things is watching or reading this content knowing what we know now. I also, I just keep plugging my Patreon, I'm sorry. I also on Patreon have done, I think sometime, obviously sometime in the last year, because I've only had it for a year, I did an episode on Josh and Anna's wedding, which I think is really, really good and really worth listening to. It's, I mean, it's just dark, right? It's just dark. By the way, it's a great time to sign up for Patreon first of the month, then you get the full month of benefits. <laughs> Basically what happens when you sign up for Patreon, it charges you $5, then it charges you on the first, regardless of how late in the previous month you signed up. So the first is always like a great time to join Patreon for everybody's, not just me. But Josh and Anna's wedding is beyond disturbing, knowing what we know. And this book about the Duggars, written by the girls, is so upsetting knowing what we know. And I feel that way about all things Duggars. And now there's this extra layer of it, right? Like it was bad enough knowing that Josh had molested his three of his sisters and a family friend. That was bad enough. But knowing now that he has been viewing child sexual assault materials, which by the way, is the term that I'm using for child pornography. I say I, like I made it up, but that is we're trying to trend to that to that term. Child pornography is definitely still the prevalent term. CP is a really fucking easy phrase to say. I find myself still saying CP and writing CP, but I'm trying to be conscious of saying child sexual assault materials because I think it's really important that to remember that every single time one of these images is viewed, a child is being sexually assaulted. They may not know it, but like every single time that image is viewed, a child is harmed. And I think that the name childhood 
Child sexual assault materials, while it doesn't flow off the tongue, is a reminder about how serious this is. I think it can be easy for people when it comes to CP. Look, here's the thing. I'm going to be saying CP interchangeably with this. I know. It's hard. We need a good um, shortener for child sexual assault materials. But I think the thing with that is that people um, kind of view it as a victimless crime. I... That's not correct. Okay, that's not correct. I Everybody knows it's bad, right? Like, everybody knows it's bad. Um, I have seen some arguments that calling a child pornography is, like, an inherent, um, like, I, it's assuming that there's consent, which I don't think is necessarily true because, well, I think for me, I don't assume that most pornography is, well, all pornography is consensual. I don't want to say most, but I, I don't automatically believe that pornography is consensual. So I wouldn't see that child pornography as being anything consensual. I also think we need to start stop calling it revenge porn and start calling it sexual assault because that's what that is. Um, but yeah, so I think people, when they find out that somebody is looking at child sexual assault materials... They are a little relieved or hopeful that this person didn't actually harm a child, like physically touch a child. And I think that's completely understandable. I totally get why someone would feel that way. But I do think it's important to remember that, like, even if that person is not physically touching a child, every single time they view one of these images, they are, they are, what's the word I'm looking for? They're abusing someone. Sorry. (laughs) This is not funny. I just, I feel like my brain is checking out on me in the moment. Okay, so for those that don't know, Josh, many years ago, I believe in 2004, 5, 6, 7, sometime in that period, uh, came forward to his parents and admit, I actually, I would have to go recheck, but basically the Duggars found out that Josh had been molesting some of his sisters in a childhood or a family friend They took him to the police. The police were basically like, you guys do you. By the way, the officer that handled that is currently in prison for many years because he had child sexual abuse materials on his computer, which is just too much. The Duggars were like, okay, great. You guys don't want to do anything. We don't want to do anything either. They sent him off to alert camp, you know, like the conversion therapy slash like beat any problems out of you therapy that these fundamentalist Christians like to send their children to. And it became kind of known as a sin in the camp. Now, it's come forward that actually a lot of people in the IBLP, which is the Institute for Basic Life Principles, which is the movement that Bill Gothard created and ran, and that's what the Duggars are. Uh, A lot of people will refer, refer to the Duggars either as IBLP or as ATI. ATI is the home Uh, the homeschooling curriculum, which they ran by. And I know it seems weird to classify somebody's religion by their homeschool curriculum. But the thing with people like the Duggars, family like the Duggars, is that they're all independent fundamentalist Baptists. Most of them don't actually belong to like a central church and they do home churches and That's why, like, the Duggars don't go to church. They just do churches at their house. And basically, it gives all authority to, like, the father, the husband of the home. That's why, in my opinion, like, a lot of abusers are attracted to this. A lot of narcissists are attracted to this particular brand. 
But the thing that really binds all of these people together is the insane uh, homeschooling curriculum they use, ATI. So apparently, Josh had spent quite a lot of time, um, like, repenting at, like, Bible studies and stuff for his misdoings. A friend of Josh's recently came out and, like, did this podcast. A couple episodes, you can, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. I, I mean, I know it's on YouTube. I can't remember what the name of it is. And he said that he, like, had always assumed that it had been porn or something, but apparently other people did know about the molestations. As I'm pretty, I'm sure I talk about on this episode, I mean, it had been a rumor on the internet for a long time. I remember back from Television Without Pity, they would always talk about the Sin in the Camp rumor. And it's honestly wild how correct it ended up being, this rumor. The rumor always was they were going to go on Oprah. Oprah found out that Josh had hurt some of his siblings. Oprah cancels. They send Josh away. He comes back with his head shaved, which is usually a, like a, a marker that one of the boys has been to alert. And then they start calling it the sin in the camp. And that is essentially exactly what happened. I guess that is how the police found out. Through, I know that I know that Harpo Productions contacted um, contacted the police once they found out. But I think also the Duggars brought him in. I'm sorry, Cara Berry on Everyone's Business But Mine did an incredible episode after this all came out. So at the beginning of the month, going through the timeline, and I'm somebody that already knew a lot of this stuff, but like hearing it laid out in the timeline, I thought was excellent. I definitely recommend you going and listening to that. I mean, you should be listening to all of Kara's podcasts, but if you haven't dive, dove into her podcast before, I would definitely suggest listening to that one if you're interested in it. I just thought it was incredibly well done. And I remember being like, I'm not going to listen to that. I was like, I just was so like tapped out on Duggar News that I was like, I really don't want to listen to that. And I'm very glad that I did. So if you want the timeline of all that stuff, please go listen to Kara's podcast. But where was I? Josh. So Josh molested his sisters, as we know. It comes out. Duggars get canceled. They all come back with counting on, which, you know, knowing what we know now about the fact that the children were not paid to be on this show and knowing that Jim, Bob and Michelle basically put the responsibility of carrying on the family legacy so that they could continue to be paid on the backs of Josh's victims is incredibly upsetting. I mean, it was upsetting at the time, but I always assumed that the kids were being paid, at, like the as in the adult kids. Like I, I figured they were getting teen mom like salaries. Um, it has come out that that is not the case. Uh, Derek and Jill actually ended up suing TLC and Jim Bob for back pay. And Jill's actually currently estranged from the family. I did see that for her birthday. She went out with uh, Jessa and Joanna, which is nice. Jana was not there. There's rumors that she was at this family get-together of the guy that she's supposedly courting. Supposedly, Jana's courting someone right now, which is... I mean, if that's true, good for her, if that's what she wants. I hope that she can get out of living in that room with her little sisters, like, sharing a twin bed with them. I hope for her sake that she will be out of that soon, if that's really what she wants. But it was nice to see Jill with her sisters. I think she still regularly sees Jessa. But she has essentially become totally estranged from Jim, Bob, and Michelle. She's not allowed at the house unless one of the parents is there because she's not allowed to be 
unsupervised around the little kids. I mean, I think Josie is 12 at this point, like 10, 12. When was Josie born? Not, I mean, she's like pretty big now. So there aren't that many little kids left, but there's still a decent amount of them. And essentially what happened was after Jill's second failed home birth, if you will remember, Jill had like a terrible home birth experience with her first one and then decided to do it again with her second one for some reason. This is not a commentary on home birth. I don't, I don't know. My Thea, my best friend, had all four of her children at home. I think it could be really wonderful, but I can't understand why Jill attempted it a second time. Also, you know, the Duckers like don't use certified midwives. They use like Jill as a midwife. (laughs) who like didn't really graduate from high school and the high school she did graduate from was an ATI homeschool, like considers herself a midwife in this training. So that tells you the type of midwife that Jill had. But after her second failed home birth, she was in the hospital. She had baby, um, what's the second one? I think Israel's the first one. She had her second kid that whose name I cannot remember. Israel's definitely the first one. I can't remember the second one, though. Also, it's named Israel's a nod to, like, Christians being obsessed with Israel. It's just, ugh, gives me the creeps. But after the second baby, uh, they had, like, an incredibly large hospital bill, like tens of thousands of dollars, as you would assume. My friend Jess just had her second baby, and she got the bill, and it was much smaller than the first time, and her first time having a baby was, like, I think she said it was $75,000. I mean, her insurance covered it, but she... Had to labor for a couple days before she had the C-section, so she was in the hospital for quite a few days, and it was very, very, very expensive. So they had, like, these astronomical medical bills, and they asked Jim Bob for help, and he wouldn't help them. And I think it's interesting. I wonder sometimes, like, if they had a successful home birth and didn't have this medical debt, if they would have decided to still do this thing to like break away from the family but that was I guess like the push that they needed I mean they are so fundamentalist Christians like let's not get it twisted they are still very very conservative Derek is still a transphobic piece of shit he's never apologized for bullying an underage Jazz Jennings which is absolutely what he did um they definitely do not support gay marriage Jill still doesn't believe in evolution like Let's not get it twisted. Just because they have separated from the Duggars does not suddenly make them (laughs) progressive liberals, as I think a lot of the Duggar fandom wants them to be. They're not that. But for all intents and purposes, they are separated from the family. Jill has pierced her nose. They're drinking. She's wearing tank tops. And she posted the other day in, like, swim shorts and, like, a, a tankini. I was really surprised to see that. Actually, I think it had sleeves. But I was still surprised to see it. I thought it was a really interesting transition from not wearing bathing suits or wearing like long skirt bathing suits to what I assume one day maybe will be a regular bathing suit. But they are out and they've also talked about the fact that Jill is getting therapy from a licensed counselor. Now, I hope that means somebody not associated with the church personally, because I think that, I mean, I think there's value in all types of therapy, but I definitely think that Jill would benefit from somebody outside of their community. But I am glad to see that she's getting therapy and openly talking about being triggered by Josh um, in the house. Well, not so openly talking about it, but 
more openly than they ever talked about it before. Okay, now I'm going to talk about what happened with Josh. I'm going to take a quick break before we get into it. Okay, so as you probably know, in 2019, Josh's job was raided. He owned this like used car lot and it was raided by Homeland Security. Everybody was flipping out. Nobody had any idea what it was really about. I mean, of course, right away, people are assuming it has something to do with kids, right? But I was like, I don't know, just going to the car lot is weird. The, nothing came of it. Um, I think a lot of people expected a quick arrest then. I kind of knew that wouldn't happen because that's not how the feds operate. You, the feds can come and raid you and then wait like five fucking years <laughs> to bring charges. Like y the feds can take their fucking time. They do take their fucking time. It's actually funny. I guess I said on a podcast last year that there wouldn't be charges until 2021. And so what I'm saying is I'm no Stradamus. But yeah, it just takes a long time. And so it comes out at the beginning of May that Josh has been arrested. He has turned himself in to the U.S. Marshal. The U.S. Marshal, if you don't know, is kind of like the middleman for the FBI. Um, they are the people that run the Witness Protection Program. Uh, if you do not know the show In Plain Sight, which is a show that was on uh, USA that Princess Jones Curtis and I both love, love, loved because we love a USA show. I mean, a, a U.S. Marshal named Marshall. What could be better? All of my knowledge from of the Marshals comes from that show. <laughs> but they, um, besides like handling the witness protection program, they're in charge of like arresting fugitives. I is my understanding, and people turn themselves into the Marshals before like, and then the FBI, like the Feds, will come get them. So it comes out that he's arrested, but charges haven't been announced yet. And it's being said that he's held without bail. Now, as you guys know, I have a degree in criminal justice. <laughs> the only time that it's really useful for me is when things like this happen with celebrities. Um, I don't, like, I, it's some, it's funny to me that, like, <laughs> this is truly how I use my college degree. <laughs> I guess I'm using my social work master's program in some ways, but like really I mostly use my degree in criminal justice that costs a lot of money to get and took me many years to like explain bail proceedings to people. <laughs> but basically TMZ wrote this article that he was being held without um, bail and so automatically everybody loses their fucking mind. What did he do that was so bad that he's being held without bail? And I'm like, hold up the phone. I think that's bad writing on TLC's part or on TMZ's part because it says he hasn't gotten in front of the judge yet. And you don't get bail until you get in front of the judge for the first time. The judge is who sets the bail. And even if it is child sexual assault materials, they get bail, as we now know. Um, so I was like, this, I, I think that's a typo, I think, or like, not a typo, but like a bad print on TMZ's part that they didn't say no bail has been set yet. <laughs> they made it seem like no, like he was being held without bail. And I kind of knew, like, I knew that wasn't the case. I, cause I was like, it says he's going in front of the judge tomorrow. They don't have the charges. So clearly like he hasn't had bail set yet. Everybody's flipping out. And like, I was really uncomfortable with the excitement 
that was around it, which you guys know I've talked a lot about in Feathers My Hair when it comes to, like, Janelle, how I personally think people are waiting for David to kill Janelle so they can be like, I fucking told you so. I told you he would kill her. Like, I think people feel a joy from being right about reality TV stars, and I, I'm saying this because I know that I can feel that way, too, about certain things, but people were, like, elated that he was arrested, and then, like, it's CP, it's CP, it's definitely CP, like, I can't wait to find out the charges, and I'm like, hold the fucking phone. Hold the phone. Can we all hope that this is financial crimes? Like, all I wanted was this to be a financial crime, because that would mean that children weren't hurt. Now, I always kind of hoped that Josh wasn't actually a pedophile. I know that's a silly distinction to make, but Josh was a minor, when he molested his sisters. And he also was, um, you know, he was living in a very repressed environment. Those were the only girls he had access to. And I always kind of hoped that, like, this was all a result of him being a predator, but, like, this was his only outlet. That sounds crazy. I'm not, like, I wish Josh was just a regular predator and not a pedophile, but... I don't know. I always, like, had this hope that this was, like, all a result of some repressed environment he was living in. And, like, maybe he hadn't really changed, but he, like, didn't ha do this again. I, I don't know. I mean, we knew he cheated on his wife. We knew about the Ashley Madison. But I was like, I hope he's just, like, a fucking pervert that, like, is obsessed with fucking women that are not his wife. And, like, obviously that sucks for Anna. But that's what I was hoping. So I, for one, was like, I really, really hope it's not for hurting children because Josh has six children in his home and they had just announced Anna's seventh pregnancy, like two weeks before this happened. And, you know, it comes down the next day, he gets in front of the judge and yeah, it was child sexual assault materials, which is, I mean, it's devastating, you know, like it, it's devastating to know that he was viewing those images and hurting children that way. Um, I am extremely worried for his children, although I guess the one good thing about this is that CPS is absolutely involved now and there are like um, forensic interviewers who know how to interview children that have been abused. Definitely interviewing every child on that Douglas cam Duggar campus, because if you don't know, Josh and Anna essentially live on a in a warehouse on the Duggar compound that like doesn't have windows. It's, I mean, dark figuratively and literally, I guess you could say. <laughs> it's dark, but also dark, if you know what I mean. So I'm assuming they have interviewed all of the children that are that Josh would have access to. I'm hoping that they did that. I mean, I'm not. I know that they did that. As somebody that worked in um, victims advocacy for a little bit, like this would definitely trigger like serious police and CPS investigations. Um, usually they have specialized detectives that talk to the children about this. I know in my county we had um, one guy, I mean, we really had like an SVU situation in that there was one prosecutor who handled most of these cases. And there was one detective who handled most of these cases and they would bring the children to the courthouse into this like room and to do these interviews and sometimes they would like have a therapy dog there which was nice but it's a really awful thing for a child to go through but they are trained to interview them so 
I guess the one good thing about this happening is if Josh is hurting those children at his home or at the Duggar Big House, it's very likely it will come up in this investigation. We have not heard that. So, and also they haven't been removed from the home, which is probably because Josh is not there. Josh has since been granted bail. Excuse me, I did hiccups. Josh has since been granted bail. He's staying with like a family friend who they don't even really know. They've like just become acquainted with the Duggar, acquainted with the Duggars. This guy like said yes. His wife doesn't want him there. It's really, it, I I feel a lot for his, that one, that man's wife. I do. I feel a lot for her because we know that they don't get much of a say. But yeah, like I just really hoped for the children and Josh's life's sake that he wasn't a pedophile. And he was. He is. He's a pedophile. He was looking at materials of children under the age of 12, I believe it said. Um, I didn't look into it, but apparently there are details from the hearing, from the um, bail hearing about like what he was looking at. And it's like truly horrific stuff. I did not look into it. I'm not interested in looking into it. I don't need to know about it, but apparently it's really bad. One of the Agents that testified said that this is one of the worst cases that he's ever, like some of the most disturbing materials he's ever seen, which is obviously extremely upsetting. It just sucks. Like, it just sucks all around. It's so horrific knowing that Jim, Bob, and Michelle have enabled this. Anna, I don't know. When I recorded my podcast after he was arrested and the charges came down, which by the way, on the Duggar Snark Reddit sub, the fucking pin post after, which means like, you know, the post that everybody looks at first. It was titled, Whoop, There It Is, when the charges came out. What? Whoop, There It Is? Uh, like, I, uh, my heart sank when I saw that. There was no celebratory feeling. I understand the fact that people want Josh to like have to serve time and to face justice for what he did to his sisters. And I totally understand that. But this actually isn't punishing him for what he did for his sisters. This is punishing him for the more children that he hurt. And I would rather him never have to face consequences for his sisters because that that ship has already sailed. The consequences are not being faced for that if it meant that he didn't hurt other children. And so while I do understand the idea of, like, I'm really glad he's getting what's coming to him, I I would feel that way if this was somehow related to hurting his sisters and the family friends. But it's not. It's related to hurting more children. Ugh, it's just, it's so, it's so upsetting. Anna, I was feeling very ungenerous towards her that day. Very ungenerous. I have definitely sensed... I guess softened up is a word for it. I don't know. I feel so conflicted on Anna. Like, is Anna an enabler? Is she a victim of abuse? Is she both? I mean, we know she's a victim of abuse, right? She's in this cult. There's no way she's not a victim of abuse. But my question is, like, is she a victim of Josh's in the way that like a lot of people are insinuating she is. I've seen a lot of people assume that all of the sex that they had is probably non-consensual. I'm not willing to say that at all. I think that's not an okay thing to assume or to put on somebody unless Anna says that herself. I do not believe that to be true. I 
look, here's the thing. After this stuff came out in 2015, one of Anna's siblings who had left the cult, Anna's one of eight, I believe, the Kellers, and she has two to three siblings, I believe it, it's at least two, but it may be three, who have left the cult. Her brother was like, come move in with me. I'll take care of you. Bring the kids. She only had three children at that time. And she turned him down. I mean, my thing is, is like she, oh, oh, oh. The other thing is, so the raid happened, right, in 2019 or early 2020. I think 2019. Guys, I should look this up. But here we are. The raid happened a while ago. And they knew that it happened. And they knew what they were looking for. Because apparently Josh said, do you want to look at my computer? Like, do you want to see image? Are you looking for images on my computer? Like, he volunteered the fact that he knew that they were coming to look at his computer. So Anna knew that. And yet she continued to have to get pregnant by him. Now, is it possible that this child was conceived without consent? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. So I don't want to, like, condemn her forever. But if that's not the case, you know, I believe Anna is a victim of her cult. Anna is a victim of the Duggars. Anna is a victim of Josh. Regardless of anything else that we know, those things are true. But I feel really upset that she continues to have children with a pedophile because that is so fucking unfair to her kids. Her kids now have a dad, like, have a dad that's going to be in prison for many years because he will go to prison for many years. He will. I will bet, I would bet any amount of money he'll be get, like, a 15-year sentence. Um, He's going to plead out, by the way. I've seen some people think that he won't plead out. He's going to plead out. Here's the thing. Every single person that gets arraigned pleads not guilty. Every single person. The only time you would plead guilty at your first hearing is if you were working with the feds before they even arrested you. And, like, you had already come to a agreement before you were even arrested, which, like, does not happen. <laughs> that is very rarely a thing that happens. So even though Josh pled not guilty, that doesn't mean anything. He will plead guilty. Almost all federal case, I mean, almost all cases in the United States end up in plea deals, but especially federal cases because their conviction rates are so incredibly high. Also, like... It's an almost impossible case to win at trial because he, the computer was his, the pictures were on it, um, there's like really compelling evidence. So I am positive Josh will plead out eventually. I think he'll get around 15 years would be my guess. We can put that on record. But like those kids have a dad that's a pedophile and even if he didn't directly hurt them, that fucking sucks. That sucks so much. And Anna chose, you know, to continue to have children with this man, if that's the case. So I just feel so, I don't know, like just so, I I feel awful about Anna, but at the same time, I feel angry at her, but I feel sad for her. But I basically am like not making a judgment call on Anna. And I'm not sure I'll ever be able to make a judgment call on Anna because I don't think we'll ever really know the truth about Anna. You know, like, I don't think we'll ever really know. I feel incredibly sad for her children. I feel incredibly sad for Josh's victims, the ones in the child sexual assault materials, but also his sisters and the family friend. I can't imagine how fucking triggering this is for Jill, Jessa, and Joanna. 
Oh, it's four sisters and a family friend, I think. he Five. Because I think it's Jill, Jessa, Ginger, who is unconfirmed because she didn't go on um, the Megyn Kelly interview that the Duggars made Jill and Jessa do. Ginger and Joanna. Um, we know it's Joanna because of the age of one of the victims. I, I, I just feel so sad for them. I can't imagine how difficult this is. You know, a lot of the Duggars have put out statements, some wishier, washier than others. <laughs> Jeremy and Ginger put out a pretty strong statement almost immediately, but I think that Jeremy and Ginger are, like, trying to be uh, Hillsong influencers, essentially, like that Carl guy. That's their goal, so... And they had a book coming out literally the next week, and so they had to put out a strong statement. Jill has, like, put out a statement. Amy came out, I just saw, with a statement where she basically is, like, Fry him at the stake, burn him at the stake, I believe is what it's called. I just feel so incredibly sad. This is, like, that's the only, I feel anger, of course, because I feel anger at any pedophile, but, like, deep sadness is really how I feel. Now, I'm looking at this, and it says I've been talking for 36 minutes. <laughs> oh, God. Look at me being like, I'm not going to put out an episode this week. <laughs> I'm just going to rerun. And really what I fucking end up doing is playing a uh, a full episode with a 40-minute intro. It just, I mean, when have I ever given a short speech? That's what you guys come here for, right? My opinion on things. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to wrap it up now. Um, I know this was like all over the place, but I just felt like I couldn't rerun this episode and like not include my thoughts on what's currently going on. So yeah, if you want to hear more from me, if you want to hear about Girl Defined, which is a crazy Christian influencer channel, all things YouTube, other reality TV shows upcoming, I'm going to be doing Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Super Nanny, uh, My Fair Brady is in the works going to be doing that type of stuff. So if you want to hear that, I think this week I'm going to end up talking about Call Her Daddy, which I am, I have never listened to one minute of Call Her Daddy or Sophia with an F, but I am simply obsessed with their fandom. <laughs> and there was some really fucking good drama that went on this week. So I think I'm going to talk about that on the Patreon in my little gra grab bag episode. So yeah, if you want to hear that, patreon.com slash Liz, Liz explains. If you don't, that is totally okay. Thank you so much for listening to Feathers in My Hair. I hope you enjoy this episode that I did with Lindsay many moons ago, and I hope that you guys all have a good day and you enjoy your Memorial Day weekend, and I hope your weather is better than mine is here, and I guess happy 33rd birthday, Liz Bentley. <laughs> you did it. You lived to 33. Is 32 the Jesus year? What's the Jesus year? Am I in the Jesus year now? Whatever. It's wild to think that I'm 33. I truly feel... 23. Well, that's not true. I don't feel 23, but I don't feel the way I thought that I would feel at 33. I don't know. Things are going good, though. I have a 4.0 in school. I have a pretty good job. And now my next goal is buying a house. Well, a condo. I'm not going to buy my own house. But I didn't really think that would ever be a possibility. And things are maybe in the next couple years, as long as the market crashes a little, I will do that. So that's exciting. I'm glad to be 33. I'm glad to be on this earth. I'm so grateful for all of you for listening. I love you all so much. I love feathers in my hair. I love making feathers in my hair. 
I love the Patreon, but I just feel so grateful that I get a chance to talk to you all every week. With that, I bid you adieu. Love you. Bye. This is the story of my family. We're the Duggars. That's me. I'm Michelle. There's Jim Bob, my wonderful husband, and our children. Josh is our oldest. He married Anna, and they have our first grandchildren, Mackenzie, Michael, and Marcus. Then there's Jana, John David, Jill, Jessa, Ginger, Joseph, Josiah, Joyanna, Jedediah, Jeremiah, Jason, James, Justin, Jackson, Johanna, Jennifer, Jordan, and our youngest daughter, Josie. If you lost count, that's a grand total of 19, and I delivered every one of them. Of course, with this many kids, we do things a little differently than most families. It isn't always easy, but somehow we make it all work. Hi, guys. Welcome to a very, very special episode of Feathers in My Hair. This is, I believe, the third or fourth time, I can't remember exactly, that I am doing what is essentially a commissioned episode. Now, it's no longer technically a Patreon level, but it's still available if you want to do it. We're just streamlining our Patreon a little bit. But if you want to sponsor an episode, you are free to do so. You can contact me and I'll get you in touch with our host or producer, Nicole. But this episode was sponsored by Lindsay Bess. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. And we are talking about something that I'm actually like so thrilled about, which is the Duggars. Yes. Now, I need to give everyone like a warning that I am not a Duggar scholar. Am I interested in the Duggars? Yes. Have I been following the Duggars for 15 years? Of course. Do I keep up pretty regularly with the Duggars? Yes. And I like read the Duggars uh, Reddit. I, back in the day, would always read the Television Without Pity uh, Duggar forums. If you guys were big Television Without Pity heads like I was. Um, I've always like kept up with the Duggars, but I'm not a Duggar scholar. So if I misspeak, or if I'm not sure, or if I get something wrong, please, please forgive me. I know that I hate listening to things where somebody is like, I know all about it, and they don't know shit. Uh, so th- you guys know I'm a know-it-all, but I will say on the Duggars, I have a, a working knowledge of the Duggars. <laughs> well, I'll say this. As much as you know about Janelle, I feel like that's where my knowledge is, is with the Duggars. So, Perfect. Um, so don't worry. I'll correct you if you're wrong. Um <laughs> Great. So how did, should we talk about, before we get into anything, oh, I will say that this episode is kind of, there's so much Duggar content, and we kind of decided to base this episode, although who even knows if we will, around the book written by the four oldest girls growing up Duggars. Yes, I listened to this whole fucking book, minus the last 26 minutes. Um, I did a real service for all of you, but I want to talk, let's talk about like, when we first met the Duggars? Like, how did you first meet the Duggars? Okay, so this is really weird. So um, I'm Jewish, but I actually converted to Judaism. Love that. And um, my mother- or- uh, No, actually uh, just independently by myself. What? Uh, yes, it'll be 10 so years rare. this May. <laughs> I know, I know. And my husband's not Jewish or anything. Oh I know, people are like, That's what? incredible. I love, oh my God. We're gonna have to like talk more about this at another time because I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I have like my short version of like basically that, like I tell people 
you know, they're like, you're, you converted wide. I'm like, oh, you know, cause my soul was always Jewish, but I just wasn't raised Jewish. Um, so, oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I was actually raised in a, uh, ridiculously conservative, like they just adore Donald Trump kind of household. Mm-hmm. And my mother actually saw the very first Discovery Channel documentary that sure. was done about them, where I think it was like kids. 14 kids and yeah, another for, on the way, or whatever it's called. Yeah, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my mother, I swear, I think if it wasn't for the money, I'd probably be recording this as like a survivor of this cult. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was just like, oh my gosh, like this family is amazing. They just love Jesus. And they're very much like just so quaint and just so loving. And they just have all these babies. And like, I think at the time I'm about Josh's age. I think we're both about Josh's age. Yeah. And um, I think actually we're, I think I'm the same age as Josh. Yeah. So I just turned yeah. So I just turned 32 in November. Okay. And, um, I turned 32 in May and I think Josh is 88 yeah. as well. So we're all about yeah. the same age as Josh. Yeah. So I was like, you know, 14 or 15 years old when she's watching this. And at the time I was just like, are you fucking insane? Like, I don't want, no, no more mm-hmm. babies for you, mom. Like, So yeah, I was introduced to them pretty early on because of my mother, but I, when their show, um, like 19 kids and counting, or I guess it was like 17 kids and counting when it first came on TLC, yeah. it's like, it's like watching a train wreck. Like I don't watch these people cause I'm like admiring them or anything. No, of course, no, it's like, you're do watching them and you're this. like, no, yeah, <laughs> this wouldn't be, there's no podcast about things that I admire. Not a person that has a lot to say about things that I love. It's it's a problem, sure. I know. I'm aware of that, but it it's reality. So don't I, worry, I'm also very pessimistic too. So I was like, yeah. I don't think I saw the original specials. Like I don't have a clear, clear memory of when I first started watching the Duggars, but I think it was when like 17 Kids and Counting came on. And I remember at first being like, I don't know. I don't know. Like I wasn't into it at all in like a positive way, but at this point I was watching like a lot of TLC and they used to play the Duggars all the time. They would just play like six episodes in a row. Mm -hmm. And I remember a lot of talk of Josh and Anna and like, they were really the first like mainstream like quarters and not kissing till marriage and I've always been a person that's uh, like skeptical of fundamentalism. Yes, so for sure. I think I started watching with just like a, this is like dull background noise because it's like, first of all, if you, I don't know if anybody's watched a Duggar episode in a long time, but they're so fucking boring. Oh my God. Like literally, <laughs> like I'm on the Pickles uh, Facebook yeah. page and that's what everyone's, they're just like, I don't even know why it's on. I don't know why I still watch it. It's the same thing. They're courting, they're getting married, they're having babies, rinse and repeat. You know, it's, yeah. it, it is like, and it's so whitewashed and mm-hmm. like, it, it's just, it, it makes it even more boring because TLC is so like, yeah, you can talk about Jesus, but just like heavenly father, then there's like talking head noise over. And then they're like, amen. Like they don't actually talk about their crazy prayers or anything. It's like, nope, 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 nope. 
not going to have any of that going on. Uh, very, very much so. So I think that what the Duggars did so masterfully is that they really like managed to position themselves and present themselves as just like a regular Christian family at first. Like, yeah, we have a lot of kids, like we homeschool, but like we're no different. And then we kind of, we as in like me and people online really started digging more and it came out that they were part of IB, IPLB, IBLP. Yeah. So it's the basic, uh, it's the Institute in Basic Life Principles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And which is, we're going to call it Gothardism because I think that's an easier thing to say. Yeah. There's a lot of acronyms in this cult. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> our, and that acronyms are initialisms, if you will. <laughs> uh, I think that they were just like very, I mean, Mich- you know, Michelle and her ultra calm voice and that were just good family values. And they were really clever about not, how do I want to phrase this? Cause they were preaching, but they weren't, um, like putting down preaching, like hellfire preaching. Like they very, I mean, Jim Bob is a fucking genius, first of all. Um, oh, and yeah. he was so smart that they didn't present a type of Christianity that was scary to the average viewer, you know, uh, it wasn't like they weren't on there being like anyone who gets an abortion is a murderer and they're going to go to hell or gay people are going to hell. Like they weren't Mm -hmm. speaking like that. It was a very like positive Christianity that they presented. And at first I think most people didn't like think so hard about what they were following And then I remember, I think one of the first things I heard about was that they followed, like, Bill Gothard. And I started reading about Bill Gothard and was like, that's weird. And then we learned about the pearls and that how to raise up a child book that they used. Yeah, train up a child, which is just horrifying. Yeah. And that's when I, like, really got into the Duggars when I realized, because, like, at the same time, you have to remember, like, John and Kate were a very Christian family when they first came on. And John, but John and Kate were, like, mainstream Christians. They probably go to, like, the mainstream megachurch. You know, they don't go to church anymore, I don't think. But at the time, they were probably just going to, like, their mainstream, like, Lutheran or Baptist church, like, very, very much, like, normal Christians that I don't have a problem with, like, this oh excuse me I just hiccup this podcast isn't about like bashing Christianity it's like looking at the fun the specific fundamentalist sect that the Duggars are that they've done a pretty smart job of even though they mention it and they are officially associated with with not putting on the show so people don't realize what it is Right. Yeah. And I, and I agree with that a hundred percent that like, yeah, it was, you know, but I also think that a lot of it is too, is like the TLC editing of it, because Mm -hmm. I think that TLC obviously knows that like mainstream people are not going to be able to stomach it. Like my, my interest in them really peaked up. I think it was one of the multitude of visits that the Duggar family does to the Holocaust Museum in DC and Jessa being like, this was a really sad visit. And it's just like all those millions of babies that are murdered every year. And I was like, what? Yeah, they love that. <laughs> I'm just like, I, can, can I go slap you in the face now? Like, and I wasn't even Jewish at the time. I was just like, that's really, really a terrible thing to say. Cause it's not the same. Yeah. 
So I got it, like I said, I got into the snark of them pretty early. And I just want to say, like, I remember, and I don't know if you were on, like, online with the Duggars then, but, like, the Sin in the Camp rumors, like, years and years and years ago. And when the Josh molestation, like, story broke in 2015, I was like, yeah, we know. Like, it's kind of crazy how long certain pockets of the internet have like really known about a lot of the Duggars issues because I clearly remember that the Duggars at one point before the show were supposed to go on Oprah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oprah found out about a sin in the camp as it was always called online. She called the police and the sh- they weren't on the show. And it, then we knew that Josh went away to the alert camp got his head shaved and we knew that he had like and it was always speculated that he had like messed around with girls like not yeah. messed around like molested girls like that was like it had been kind of known online for so long and I'm just saying that to like point out that like the Duggar gossip I was never involved with Free Ginger which is like the main was the main like Duggar forum um mm-hmm. but there was also no longer quivering Oh, that's the other thing that we didn't mention. That at the time, the the Duggars, and I guess they still are, were calling themselves part of the Quiverful movement. Yes, which is, again, so gross. (laughs) Yeah, which means that they have as many babies as God tells them to have. And you have absolutely no forms of birth control, no natural family planning, like nothing. Like if God wants you to have a baby, you have a baby. Yeah, Yeah. and also I think it's important to mention that God will provide for these babies as well. Yes. Um, which we'll get into that and in, I think a well, little I while. I think we can get into it like kind of now. Like let's talk about okay. Gothardism. So basically yeah. the Duckers are disciples of this man named Bill Gothard who has since been, did he get arrested or just sued? But he is a rapist and molester. Yeah. Um, and so basically, yeah, he was, um, so in 2014, he was asked to step down mm-hmm. as basically basically the head of, um, of the, uh, you know, Institute of Basic Life Principles. And, yeah. uh, there was a lawsuit from, um, some of the women, you know, that were claiming these things that had happened, but I guess because of some issues with limits, uh, or statutes of limitations, the case basically got dismissed, which, you know, I don't think there should ever be any limitations on things like that. You no, know either. You know why a lot of states haven't done like unlimited statute limitations on rape cases it's because the catholic church has a strong lobby that mm. whenever they're extending them because a lot of states it used to be like one year two year like in line with other crimes and now in pennsylvania it's like 50 years like a lot of states have really long or unlimited statute statute limitations in terms of sexual assault and rape but the catholic church has a lot of money and a strong lobby wants to prevent that because they don't want lawsuits and arrests not great. Look it yeah. up. Hmm, um, that's awful. But yeah, so Bill Gothard in the 70s basically started to create in the 70s, like as kind of a response to counterculture of the 60s, uh, the United States, like in the late 70s, started to get more conservative. And there started to be these conservative movements popping up that were kind of a response to like culture getting just like looser in less religious and people like Bill Gothard 
started these movements and a big part of it was focused on homeschooling. Now, what's really important, and this would never be mentioned on the Duggars, is that a lot of Bill Gothard's teachings and a lot of his movement was based on like pulling kids out of school so they wouldn't go to school with like in segregated schools. Yeah. And Christian schools were too expensive and these families couldn't afford it. So they really started focusing on homeschooling. So along with the IBLP is ATI, which is like the homeschooling curriculum that the Duggars followed. Now, I think I've talked about this on the podcast. Like it's essentially education abuse. Like any kid that is an ATI is essentially being abused via education because they are not getting real educations. I'm not saying that about homeschooling, but about ATI curriculum. Yeah, I mean, because most of the curriculum is actually based more on these character qualities that Bill Gothard came came up with. Like, um, it's the reason that all the women have bug eyes, basically. So, you know, they're not entrapping men with their lustfulness. Mm -hmm. And... um, it, it really focuses more on these character qualities and anything that, um, you know, is science-based is mostly just that scientists are wrong and hmm. math is very limited. I mean, there was an episode, I think, where Ben was trying to teach some of the younger kids, like, I think, like, fractions and using a recipe and the kids were just, like, staring at this whiteboard, like, what's a, what's a fraction? Like they've never even heard of it. Yeah. It's, I've seen bits and pieces of it online, you know, like I think, Mm -hmm. um, like Tumblr, somebody had posted some of the things and it was just like, you look at it and you're like, okay, yeah, these kids don't, this is why these kids don't know anything. Yeah. It's very, it's very similar to a prophet like cult. Like Bill Gothard is essentially the prophet. Like if you're familiar with the FLDS, he's essentially Mm -hmm. Warren Jeffs. Um, And I mean, there has been a lot of speculation that a lot of Gothard, like Gothardism, he created his movement as a way to like poach vulnerable girls, you know, and molest them. And a lot of his teachings are based on creating a culture in which he's able to get victims So if you kind of look at the way the Duggars and other families, like, uh, what are their names? The Rodriguez family. Rodriguez, the Bates, who, by the way, isn't Gil Bates, like, still on the ILP like? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, so, yeah, he's, like, one of the head-up guys. And then David Waller, uh, Priscilla Mm -hmm. uh, Waller, who's Anna's sister, is married to. He's, like, pretty high up there, too. Um, yeah. And, and they, and that's kind of where there's been like a split a little bit between the Duggar and the Bates because the Duggars really took a huge step back away from, from Gothardism a little bit. I mean, they obviously still follow the teachings. Right. Exactly. So they took a step back, but Gil's like full speed ahead. Like, I'm just going to take over Bill's seat while he's gone, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so so the Bates family is still very much involved with with Gothardism. Yeah, and it yeah. just creates like basically it 
the goal of it is it's a little different from like a traditional cult, if you will, because it doesn't have like a central base so much. Like, yeah, they have their headquarters, but it really encourages families living all over the country and all over the world to follow them. It's not about living on communes. It's not about like attending the same church every week or every day. Um, it's really based on insular families where the father and husband holds a hundred percent of the power. And basically it attracts these type of men and that like want to have that type of power and are willing to follow Bill Gothard because he, they want the power that Bill Gothard has. And this religion that Bill Gothard preaches authorizes the fathers to have a hundred percent control over every single thing that happens in their family. And that creates a culture in which children can be merciless, I can't speak. Children can just be like brutally abused in all sorts of ways. And I sent to you, Lindsay, and I'll try and find a way to link it, that a, a girl who grew up in a Gothard family um, did an Ask Me Anything on the Duggar Reddit that was like extremely informative, like extremely interesting. I believe 99% of what she posted. I mean, maybe she's not a hundred percent credible, but everything she said made a lot of sense to me. And she argued that almost every family would have sexual abuse in it, if not physical abuse, just because of extremely large families, uh, extreme secretism, these type of men that are attracted to it and bring their families into the movement are already prone to abuse like there's a level of narcissism that's needed to get into this cult, you know, like, and you see it in Jim Bob, like they don't go to, they don't even go to church. Like these families don't even go to church. Like, so they don't even have the outlet of like a trusted adult at church. Like it's home church, homeschool. Like mm-hmm. I found it interesting in the book that they talked a lot about driving to and from church. Cause I'm like, what church are they driving to and from? They do home yeah. church. We know that. Yeah, and that's the thing. I know. And that's the thing. I'm like, I felt like most of my notes, I was like, well, this is a lie. Um, because <laughs> it's like, we know for a fact that you homeschooled. I mean, there was a huge issue with our not homeschooling, but with their home church that Jim, Bob and Michelle weren't having to pay personal property taxes for years (laughs) because of the size of their family and running a church out of their house. And people were like, that's not right. And like, but home church is weird. Home church is not mainstream Christianity. And the reality is, is that most Christians wouldn't have any desire to do home church. You know what I mean? Like part of church, I mean, church can be an incredibly amazing thing where it provides you community and the amount of support they do for the community and helping the needy. And like, there are so many positives to church for many people Mm -hmm. and like taking that away and just making it insular to your, maybe just your family, maybe a neighbor or two, like really most Christians are not interested in that. So they're very particular about not always mentioning the home church or emphasizing the home church. And when they show yeah. it on the show, they always show it with like five other families coming over. Right. And I also want to say too, that I think that part of the reason, you know, with that um, AMA that we mm-hmm. had read was that I also think that these children are being raised like so sexually dysfunctional. Well, yeah. And they have no, they have no boundaries. 
So yeah. it's like, of course, these things are going to happen because yes, they're insular. There's, there's literally nobody coming in, uh, in the house as a stranger, but then you're also teaching them that like your body is sinful until the day you have a ring on your finger yes. and you're trying to teach this to a 13 year old boy. And it's like, mm, come on now. Also, I mean, just like, and you see this kind of in, a, I know, so I know in the Orthodox Jewish community, which is a community I'm a little more familiar with, they also have a really big issue with sexual abuse because you just have these like incredibly large families where you're uh, like, so I know my best friend doesn't, doesn't want to let her daughter, she only has daughters and they're Orthodox and she doesn't like the idea of letting them sleep out because there are just so many older brothers around. Mm -hmm. um, and just these families where these people are incredibly sexually repressed and don't talk about anything and everything is totally off limits. And then you have 20 children in one home at right. various levels. And all it takes is one bad apple, which is a disgusting way to describe a molester. But right. you know what I mean? Like, and it just, it, I mean, and incest is first of all, a huge problem in every walk of life, basically. It's something that we don't talk about enough as a society, but incest is very real. It's very harmful and it happens a lot. And most children that are molested are molested either by a family member or a family friend. So like, that's already a thing. But then you take these families that are so isolated and you also teach that like any touching of your body is so like sinful and like you were going straight to hell for it. And it creates like, it creates like deviance. Right. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, what Josh did is disgusting and, and should not be taken lightly, but it's also like, but where do you draw that line at like, but he is also a victim of his parents raising him. Yeah. And for sure, you know, obviously and who what knows he what did to, Anna, to Josh. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, what he did as an adult is completely separate from this. And that's my thing. Like, I remember when, um, you know, we all found out, you know, it, when we became public knowledge in 2015 yeah. and people knew that I was like obsessed with the Duggars. They're like, what do you think of this? And I was like, you know, on one hand, it's like, I feel really sorry for, you know, at the time we only knew that it was Jill and Jessa. I mean, we had all speculated the other two sisters. Yeah. Um, but we definitely knew it was Jill and Jessa. Well, and, and the end, it ended up being Jill, Joe, Jessa, Joy. Ginger, Ginger and Joanna. And, yeah. and a family friend, right? Yes. Yes. Because and like, that's um, kind of what set it off the most was like the family friend of like a prominent, like, yeah. So we'll, Fam yeah, we'll get to all this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So Again, much to talk about guys. There's so much. We've got like 90 suitcases to unpack here. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, I, you know, but I always said, I said, you know, and maybe it's just because, you know, and I guess I'll get a little personal. When I was a child, I was actually molested by a child also mm -hmm. who was a 13 year old girl. And I think it just makes my well, view of it. It makes different. you feel better. So was I, I was five and my neighbor was probably 11 or 12. Yeah, I was six. Yeah. And yeah, so I was in like first grade. And so I kind of was like, you know, but I also understand that like, he's still a child. And like, when yeah. you're growing up in this very repressive culture, like, I, I think that he should seek repentance and so to speak in their religion or cult. But it's also the same time. It's like, but he's also a victim of Jim, Bob and Michelle who were not yes. raised this way. They were not. Yeah. And I think that's the important thing is that like, 
Michelle is out mowing her yard in a bikini and <laughs> Jim Bob got to story. Yeah. And Jim Bob got to go to like public school and only had mm-hmm. one other sibling. And these two met and created this insanity. Yes. So let's talk about a little bit about Jim Bob and Michelle, I guess. Um, I think that Jim Bob is an incredible narcissist. Yes. I think that he is the exact type of person that's attracted to Gothardism. Um, I think that a person that doesn't want complete control over his family would just go to a regular church, you know, right. <laughs> like, like the idea that your children live with you, work with you, are schooled by you, are preached to by you, and basically have to ask your permission for every single thing until they are allowed to get married is a, a level of power that I don't think most people are, first of all, even interested in having. No. Well, before we get too deep into it, I I just want to say that I think uh, Troy needs to do a smush room episode about Jim, Bob, and Michelle. Yeah, Troy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let me text. I'll let me remind me to text him later. That's very true. He does. Um. So yeah, you know I, him. He'll get yeah, into that dark web stuff, and he'll find out things we didn't even know. <laughs> very true. So Jim, Bob, and Michelle, I think have um. I've heard a lot of people say that they might have a pregnancy fetish, but I personally, I mean, sure, maybe. Um, I personally think they have like an attention fetish. (laughs) Like I think that they, from the beginning, like saw who was getting praised and attention in Gothardism and it was people with large families and the more kids you had, the more popular and like more praised you were. And so they made it their goal to have as many children as possible, not because every baby's a blessing and we're all God's children. And well, part of it also we should mention is that part of the reason they have all these kids is because they kind of believe they're building up like God's army. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause that's their quiver. It's like the yeah. arrow in their quiver to yeah. shoot at us heathen people. But I think that the reason that they had all these kids is because like they just love the attention of it and they love the praise of it. And Michelle, like almost dying twice, basically. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's just so like the amount of kids they have is so insane. <laughs> like, I know. Well, and the thing is, it's like she had they have nineteen living children, but she actually had two. Well, she yeah. had a miscarriage after Josh. And then there was Caleb. Jubilee Shalom. Yeah, Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was Jubilee Shalom, who was a stillbirth. And it's like, so this woman has 19 children and has been pregnant 21 times and has yeah. given birth to two sets of twins. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. So much. Like, it is so much for a person. Like, it, it's too much. But they do it, I think, because the more kids they have, the more power they have. Especially, you know, like... Uh, so Michelle has adapted this and taken to heart this keep sweet attitude, which is also very popular in the FLDS. They talk about it in the Growing Up Duggar book, and it's part of why the Duggars got so popular. And I would say especially in contrast to John and Kate, uh, who never kept sweet about anything, yeah. and were always bitching and bickering and like, John! So negative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Michelle in her sing-song voice, I never yell at a child. Um, yeah. She's just a really, like, and people turn into the Duggars and be like, 
oh my God, this woman has 19 children and she never raises her voice. Like I, I think it was inspiring to a lot of women um, that if they, you know what I mean? Like if she could handle this many kids and be as sweet as she is, then like they could too. But in reality, the older girls are raising all of the younger children and Michelle does very little parenting. Right. I mean, and I think we can all agree that Jana is the real mom. Yes. So I got for the first like 10 to 12 years, Michelle's life was like very hard. Yes very hard. Yeah. There was like, I don't remember if it was in the book that she and Jim Bob wrote, but at the one point she was like, I was up doing laundry at one o'clock in the morning and crying and asking God, like why this and why that? And it's like, okay. The laundry room incident is how she's described, which it's just like, first of all, you're up at 1am doing laundry. Like, maybe that's, maybe that's God telling you to stop. You have too much on your plate. Did you ever consider that being God whispering in your ear? But no, of course, God was like, you know, tells her that it's easy to praise him when things are easy, but you know, will you praise him when things are hard? And then she continued having children. So, um, you know, she finished the laundry at 2am and went to bed is the story. But I, it's just like, Yeah, I think probably until Jana was at least probably seven or eight even, she probably was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. But, you know, once the girls were old enough to help with pretty much everything, yeah, I think she could continue having all of these children. Yeah. Um, So a big part of Gothardism is that they don't believe in having any debt. They are essentially not allowed to have credit cards. Um, They don't have mortgages, I believe. They, like, the goal is that you don't owe anybody money. Um, Which, like, in theory, yeah, is, like, a good goal. But in reality, it keeps many of these families, like, very, very poor. And we see the Duggars on TV with their beautiful, huge house on all of their land. And it's, you know, they have, like, even though their clothes are from the thrift store, like, they always look nice. They have cars for everybody. Uh, Now they have planes. Like, we see all of this. But in reality, most families that are in this movement have a million kids, and they can't afford to pay for any of them. And they live, like, in complete poverty. Yeah, and that's what I want. Yeah, and they're like, that's the Rodriguez family. I think... um, so Jill Rodriguez is her name. She has an Instagram page. She has a Facebook page. I mean, if you really want to get into it, like that is really what Gothardism like re- like legitimately or looks like for the, the everyday. Like Anna yeah. grew up. Anna right. grew up in a trailer, didn't she? Yes. Yeah. In Florida. Yeah. So yeah. And um, so, but I mean, that's really what these families look like is they have six, eight, 12, 15 kids. And they're living in a two-bedroom, single-wide trailer, or maybe if they're lucky, a house that they inherit from a family member, but it's still two or three bedrooms. And like one of the things that Jill Rodriguez had said when she had announced that she was pregnant with her 13th child was somebody was like, 
how do your other children feel about you having another baby? And she said, oh, they're happy to give up an extra chicken wing if it means another another baby from God. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, and her children are like rail thin. Um, while I was reading this book, I was also listening to um, the Turpin 13 book, um, audio book, which so many similarities between that and the Duggars and stuff like that. And it's just like one of those things where it's like, they, they don't have, they don't, they won't apply for any sort of food stamps or welfare or anything because they consider that also being in debt. Mm -hmm. And so these children oftentimes are literally being starved. And a lot of medical neglect. Yes. Yeah. They don't really go to doctors. Um, as we know from the Duggars, unassisted home births, as in not having like professional midwives that have been to midwifery school that are like nurse practitioners. Um, yeah. We know that they have these really dangerous home births. I don't mean like, I'm not anti-home birth at all. Actually, my best friend had all her babies at home. Like I'm pro-home birth if that's what you're into, but I'm pro like a professional midwife who has been to post-grad. <laughs> like right and yeah and not just not Jill like, Duggar <laughs> right as your I mean, ble- bless her heart but it's like I mean she's put herself into really high risk mm-hmm. at home pregnancies I mean even more so than Jessa who almost bled out with her first kid yeah and then I think also with Ivy which is just like stop having them at home yeah um but Jill it's like she basically she'll sit there and she's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a midwife. And it's just like, but you're actually not, you're not a midwife. You just have seen people help others give birth and they're not even licensed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. yeah. So yeah, they live in these really horrible conditions and they continue to have more kids and the oldest children are expected to care for the youngest children because it's essentially impossible for any one parent to deal with. Um, also a big part of it is that most don't work, uh, in traditional jobs. They own their own businesses because they believe that it's like immoral to work for a non-Christian. Right. So that's why like all the Duggars own their own businesses, all the Bates own their own businesses. Like there are, of course, you know what I mean? Like they mingle with people that have regular jobs, but like the core Gothardism is that like, you're not supposed to be like a servant to a non-Christian. Yeah. And there is a documentary and it's unfortunately not on YouTube anymore and I can't find anywhere, but it's called, I know, but it's called return of the daughters. Mm -hmm. And it's based all around this ideology that like daughters should be at home and feminism is evil and blah, blah, blah. And there was one family in there that the father didn't own his own business and the shame that his daughter had in her voice and on her face explaining like my father has to work for somebody else was just like so heartbreaking to me because it's just like one of those things where it's like what are we what is going on here like most people don't own their own business yeah so these men are doing you know hard labor construction most of the time because that they don't go to school and they're not bad businesses to run. And many of them are actually like quite successful, but they have so many kids. And it also means the boys go to work really early, really early, um, doing like physically demanding jobs. Like a lot of these boys are, you know, working construction jobs at 12 because who's 
who cares if they're getting an education? Um, right. They're basically being used for slave labor. There's honestly, like, if you guys are interested in the FLDS, like, and are knowledgeable in the FLDS, there is a lot of similarities between, like, Gothardism and the FLDS in this way, in that, like, I mean, although the FLDS love food stamps, and they call it bleeding the beast, but, <laughs> uh, so Gothardism, like, really promotes this it's interesting because it's kind of the opposite of like a Joel Austin, like a prosperity gospel. Like it's not about making money. And I think part of it is because I think the idea is if they made too much money, they wouldn't like want to sacrifice so much of their life. And like, it's really hard to live the type of life that they live, most of them. And I think that it relies on having families that kind of in a way can't, afford to live differently. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing, like Joanna's husband like flips houses. And I think because they only have currently have one child, she helps him Mm -hmm. when she can. But yeah, it's, it's something that it's like, you know, the men are expected to be these providers for all of these people. The women Mm -hmm. can't work and all these things. So that is very, got to be very challenging. But then you like think about it. It's like, then the woman is at home having all these babies. She's either between pregnancies and taking care of a child, or it's like she's pregnant with her first baby and just trying to get through it. Um, And I think that's the thing too. It's just like, it's like this unrealistic expectation. And it's just the amount, I can't even imagine the amount of like guilt they probably feel if they can't provide for their families, the shame if they're not, living up to this expectations and then you throw the Duggars into the mix who are on TV mm-hmm. make, and Jim Bob making God knows what. I mean, I can't even imagine if I was like somebody like Jill Rodriguez and I was just like, but why, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know that's not part of their teachings to be jealous. It's sinful, but. I mean, Jim Bob has made millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yes. Um. So I guess that why don't we talk a little bit about the book? So we decided to read this book because we thought it was like a good, well, you had already read it and uh, you suggested it. So I was like, we can't just talk about the Duggars because like I said, there's 15 years of TV. They're like Gothard and like, there's just so much. (laughs) Um, And you suggested the book, which I thought was a really good idea because first of all, the four oldest girls are the most interesting. They're the stars. They're the ones that we care about always, right? Right. Yeah. Jana, Jana for Jana's the best, right? I think everybody like loves Jana, Jana the most. Oh, I um, want to say that I think a lot of people are confused about why Jana isn't married, but I will say that something that's quite common in these uh Gothard Quiverful families is that one of the older daughters, maybe not the oldest, but one of the older daughters just never marries because like she can't like she's needed like the mom still needs her because the age difference is so vast in these kids and there's still so many kids at home that she like especially in a family like the Duggars where didn't they have like eight boys in a row um yes so it's like you know the four the four older girls and then they had like 11 boys in a row and then like the age difference between well I guess Johanna is now like 12 but like the age difference between Jana and then like the two youngest girls who Michelle obviously needs a lot of help with is like crazy 
Yeah. So happy birthday to Jana, by the way. She and John David just turned 30. Um, <sighs> and I need to look so up all their the, ages. Yeah. So the four, so Jana is the, these are the daughters still living at home is Jana who's 30. And then there's all this space in between. And then it goes Johanna who's 14. Okay. And then so 12 for years. Yeah, pretty much, which is so sad. And then Joy got married at like at 18. Yeah. Yeah. Jim Bob made that merger happen quick. Yeah. Like, yes. Okay. Like, so yeah. Johanna's 14. Johanna's 14. And then I think it's. Jennifer. It's Jennifer's 12. And then Jordan shit, is 12. 12. And then Jordan is 10. And then J- Josie is nine. And the I'm thing really is, like, old. Me. <laughs> um, that really upsets thing, me. Yeah. But, the but that's a big that's age so, difference. There are no other girls yeah. that can take care of any of them except God forbid yeah. Michelle, because the boys are that's not right. expected to do that. No, they're not. And the thing is that, that what is so weird is that 30-year-old Jana is literally still sharing a bedroom yeah. with her 14, 12, 10, and 9-year-old sister. Now, she claims it's a choice that she wants to be Don't in there, but started. it's almost like, is it a brainwash choice? Because I feel like it's probably a brainwash choice, but also, like, there's always that idea that's floated around that she sleeps in that room because of, like, the immense guilt that she didn't protect her yes. other sisters yes and so and it's just like because she is the real mom of that family and you know that these four youngest girls probably look to her as a mom more than they do michelle absolutely um, especially you know someone like josie who jana like i mean josie was like just cradled in jana's arms for the first five years of her life yeah because she's so tiny yeah, and she Josie. wasn't well, and they had to learn sign language for her. I know. Poor Josie. I just remember her being so little and her having those giant-ass bows on her head. And I'm like, <sighs> the thing probably weighs more than the baby. Can you just... It's fine if people don't know if it's a boy or a girl. It's okay. Yeah. But for yeah, that. but Jana, I know. Jana, Jana, yeah, is definitely, I think, everybody's favorite. I personally think that there's a bunch of reasons she's not married one she's still needed at home two I think that Jim Bob is gonna use that kind of as his hidden ace like when they when TLC is like smart you know Jim Bob I just don't think there's another season of the show left he's gonna be like but Jana's courting yep and not only will she be courting she'll be courting some fucking widow with three kids or something because who else is there for her to marry that's in her age group because all the men that in her in her age group have been married off for 10 years right yeah i mean john david only got married that's true year ago but Uh, it's different because he's a guy Yeah. yeah and also john david has always been weird compared to the rest of them and even like his wife abby was a nurse like she had an actual education i don't think she is anymore in doing it anymore but john david's always been a little different yeah and i always thought before before john david started courting which i think literally took and when i say the world i just mean us who are obsessed with the duggars by <laughs> surprise we're like what he's courting finally um, this 29-year-old man is finally getting a girlfriend for the first time yeah. in his life. Um, I always, you know, before he was courting, I always was like, I bet John David and Jana don't get married. And I bet they just 
take care of the family and Jim Bob will die and Michelle will die and they'll just like keep taking care of the compound and not like in a weird flower in the attic kind of way but just just like like, slave labor just right you know (laughs) yeah slave labor but a slave labor that they do for the love of their younger siblings yeah so because they've been brainwashed (laughs) we should um by the way on the wikipedia they only mention lauren is having one child even though she had that miscarriage didn't she how dare they yes and she like mentions her son in every post that she makes um awesome yes it's it, <sighs> it's sad Bella. it's a lot but i also feel like people online are like too cruel about it in a way that makes you yeah. uncomfortable do you know what i mean i mean well yeah and the thing is it's like here's my thing i think that like and for me being very like pro-choice and very pro-woman i think that for me it's like if she wants to just mourn that loss as an actual child, just let her do it. That's her business. And like, I don't, I, it might not be what I I would do in that situation, but like, Mm -hmm. who are we to tell some literal child who shouldn't even have to be worrying about things like this at her age? Like her whole life is set up to have babies yeah. and, and the, and these women are taught that like, if you have a miscarriage, it's because of some sin that you did in your life yeah it's not like they don't they're not like you know what lauren it's okay honey these things happen it's like no 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 that's what people might be saying to her online but like behind closed doors it's been ingrained in them since they were like children that like miscarriages are because you've done something sinful yeah i would say okay so back to like who everybody's favorite is i would actually say ginger was the favorite among the world for a while at least like among the snarkers ginger first of all yeah. as i said it was called free ginger ginger was always the one that a lot of people felt like she gave lesbian vibes when she was a child like she's a child she's but she would be vibes. like i want to live in a city and people would be like ginger's gonna escape um so like, i think yeah no. ginger was always like a favorite but just in general like josh was always weird like even before like the josh information came out i think josh always kind of gave everyone like the creeps and i don't think anna's very likable in general no i think yeah anna is just so she's just so low energy and very just she doesn't she doesn't really do anything except have babies and um I think that, I think even after all these years when she was on TV, I think she never got used to like having a camera in her face. And I think that it's, it might've been one of those situations where it's like, who knows how she is behind closed doors. I highly doubt it's very different than what we see, but yeah, she, Jana, Jana, Anna, all the J names and they rhyme, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) but Anna and Josh were always just like this weird couple and i don't know well should we talk about why they got together and like why anna in the book they tell this lovely lovely story of god bringing them to each other but in reality josh after his scandal even though the general public did not know it was like well known in their community and like people knew about it and he went away and uh like it was a scandal and so he was even though he was you know from Jim Bob's family and they gotten a little bit of fame and attention Josh was not seen as a viable contender 
for marriage for many fathers, even though he was Jim Bob's son. So the reason that he was with Anna is because she came from like a lowly Gothard family, like very poor, not so involved, like into the prison ministry, her family, um, basically just not seen as like a Gothard golden family. Uh, And that's kind of why, and for the Kellers, right? That's how you say their last name, Keller? Yes. Mm -hmm. For the Kellers, that was like a huge get for them because they could marry their daughter into a rich family, one of the most famous uh, Gothard families. And they were willing to overlook Josh's issues uh, and his ungodliness and all of that shit and let Anna marry him. Um, It's been said when the scandal came out, it was like, well, Anna knew about it beforehand. Anna knew about it beforehand. She was told before the marriage. And like, I believe that to an extent, uh, but I don't personally believe that Anna really had any choice. I think that her father realized what a great opportunity it was for his family to have his daughter marry Josh. And if none of that scandal had happened, Josh would have been most likely with a higher up Gothard family not a killer. Right. Right. And that's the thing too, that's so unfortunate is that like, Anna didn't actually have a choice in this. No. You know, and that's the thing. It's like, it's like Mr. Keller, whatever his first name is, he, um, you know, like you said, he saw an opportunity to get his daughter into a wealthy family, which is ridiculous. And because like, doesn't really go in a line with their teachings, but. But um, I mean, like, and not. But Not it's like, to, like I take mean, away from what he did, but like the reality was Anna grew up with like eight kids in a single wide trailer and mm-hmm. she got to move into like a nice little house that Jim Bobby yeah. brought from them, bought for them. And Josh had a, his own business and like there yeah. was opportunity that Anna most likely would not have had. So I'm not excusing what the Kellers did because the Kellers are fucked up in their own right from Anna's brother has left. I think two or three of her siblings have left and- yeah you can like Google what her brother has to say and it's not good. <laughs> and no, cause after that, he, after, you know, it come out with the whole Ashley Madison thing, her mm-hmm. brother was like, you can leave him. You can yeah. come stay with us. We will take care of you and help you and everything else. And she just, you know, obviously didn't leave. Cause I think for her, I think in her mind, obviously a, that's a sin to get divorced and mm-hmm. B I can't even imagine. Well, it's my like, fault. Right. Well, of course. It's always the women's fault. But like, so like I said, I'm not excusing like the Kellers just like marrying their daughter off to a literal like like, sexual molester. Um, But they probably figured like this is the best opportunity one of our children will have. And it like promotes their whole family. Yeah. Oh, so this book is written by the four, four oldest girls who have always been, I would say, the biggest draw to the show um they are pretty right like yes i mean like i don't know they're, they have those they're, awful they're thin because bill gothard loves perms that's why they wear perms did you guys know that because they like bill gothard likes curly hair so here's the thing okay so um it always creeps me out when women conform obviously to like one man's idea of beauty but when i was reading about like the reasons that the girls have perms and dress the way they do because of Bill Gothard. It made me think of that the guy from the Moonlight Bunny Ranch who just died. 
yeah, who was Dennis like obsessed. Yeah, who was like obsessed with Marilyn Monroe. So all the girls who wanted to be with him would like dye their hair blonde and have bobs and red fingernails. <laughs> and that's, and it just made me like think about that because I'm like, how do you not see the predatory nature in that? Like, ugh. like, yeah. so yeah, they all have their home. They're on the cover of the book. They all have their at home done perms. Correct. Um, and you know, they're not, I don't know, like they're not beautiful, but they're pretty. Yeah. And like you said, they're thin because also Gothard is like hates fat people, by the way. Yeah. Oh, we should have mentioned that this episode is also sponsored by Weight Watchers. This book is fucking crazy with the plugs. There is an entire like three pages on Michelle doing Weight Watchers, specifically Weight Watchers. They yeah. also many like they plug like a lot of websites like they write www.modestclothing.com. <laughs> And please tell me you went to them. Please tell me. <laughs> no, because, because I was listening at work when, oh. they went to the mod- when they said the modest clothing. I wasn't like by my computer. I was like up doing stuff. So I, of course, went to all of the websites because mm-hmm. I am diligent in my studies. And You're a um, true like, <laughs> I am. I'm like, I got to know my sources and my material. So one of the things that I absolutely loved was one of their websites uh, was for like modest swimwear. Mm-hmm. And when you go on there, I swear it is, if it is as if this website was made in 1994 and has not been updated since. Um, it has like two styles of swimsuits in like four different colors. And it reminded me of the swimwear women would wear in like the 1800s where it was like full wool and like women would drown in them. Um, <laughs> yeah because they're so heavy and there's yeah. just so much stuff. And I'm just like, just don't go to the beach. Just yeah. don't. It just seems like it's too much. Um, so yeah, they are like in full burkas, basically the beach. I will say because my best friend's Orthodox, she like doesn't wear traditional bathing suits and like, it's like keyed me into what they have. And let me tell you, like, there's actually been a lot of development in like modest beachwear because people are scared of the sun now. <laughs> right, so like yeah. at Target, you can buy long sleeve bathing suits. And then what she does is she usually does like a long sleeve bathing suit top and then um, like a, like a really light material, like maxi skirt. Okay. Yeah. Like a really light material and the, or like not maxi cause she doesn't need to go to her ankles, but like to her knee. Uh, that's like a very light jersey cotton, if you will. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what she does. But I bet they even have like bathing suit skirts that you can buy now uh, that are like lightweight. And because like I said, people are like terrified of the sun. <laughs> yes. It's like none of, we're all like, oh, skin cancer is a thing. Let's not get that. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> that one website with the swimsuits was just like, I I don't know. I always end up on like the the weird, the weirdest things like on Wikipedia, like reading about stuff. And I just remember like reading about swimsuit history, basically. And like, just seeing like the women in the 1800s. And I was like, just, yeah, that's what it made me think of. And I was just like, don't, just don't go to the beach. It, it, it looks well, more they, dangerous than it's worth. And they even say in the book, like they basically don't like, yeah. Um, so the point of the book was to make money for Jim Bob first and foremost. Um, yeah. So, you know, when the Duckers got popular, I don't know if people realize this, but Michelle and co started like making a lot of money. Kate Gosling also did this. Uh, 
And it's still very much a thing that if you are the right type of reality TV famous, you can make a lot of fucking money doing things like writing books and going on speaking tours. And they would go to different churches and they're not doing this for free. You know what I mean? Like it's not, they're not going and just like speaking at church because they love ministry. Like they're going, they're getting paid to speak, which like, I guess as you should, because like you're, you know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't you pay someone for the work that they're going to do? And, um, they had a lot of success in it. And so this book came out in 2014, which is a year before kind of the fall of the Duggar empire, or at least the dip in the Duggar empire. Cause you know, they got back up and obviously, at least in my opinion, this was like a total cash grab for Jim Bob. He probably made a decent amount of money and they probably got an advance that all went to Jim Bob because as Derek Dillard has let us know, the kids don't make a single cent off of anything public, 19 kids and counting related. Um, Jim Bob pockets all of the money, which is fucking crazy. <laughs> and you know, and that's the thing. Cause I'm, I think I'm in agreement with a lot of people that I think uh, Jeremy Ginger's husband, probably a hundred percent has a, had some sort of their own contract where they're making their own money now. Um, I mean, I'm just, curious because how else can they afford to live in LA? Uh, yeah. But I'm also not 100% sure because they're still in with Jim Bob. And I don't know if he would let, you know what I mean? Like, I just wonder, like, if Jim Bob would allow that. I don't know. Because, I mean, Ginger just posted a photo where she's, like, listening to Kanye's new album. So, <laughs> so I think also, oh, I just want to say, I think a lot of people have this idea that um oh but yeah but no they love Kanye now don't you know that like white Republicans like fucking love that Jesus is King album it's sick uh although in the book they specifically say they don't like any Christian music that's like put over contemporary rock music like they shut down Christian contemporary music in this book they are not a fan of it uh like specifically or like you cannot put Christian lyrics over rock that's not acceptable which surprised me. I didn't realize that. But I think a lot of people have this idea that Ginger has broken free because she dyed her hair and she was the first to wear pants and they live in Los Angeles. But I think what people miss is that she may have some more freedom, but it's still like freedom allowed by her husband. Right. Exactly. Like if Jeremy said to her tomorrow, I want you in prairie dresses she would start wearing prairie dresses again. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, the fact that she's allowed to do what she does isn't because she's choosing it. It's because she's, she's allowed to buy allowed her to. Yeah. Right. And I think that that kind of gets lost by people who don't understand the particular sect of religion that they are. And while I'm happy yeah. for her and that's great and I'm glad she's wearing pants, but if you like notice she doesn't wear pants around the Duggars... Uh, yeah. As opposed to Jill, who's just like, her and Derek are like so far off the island. I don't know what's going on with them exactly. But I think that Ginger is like, I, I'm happy for her that she found a husband that like is cool with birth control and is cool with pants and is like obviously like letting her do her own thing and is into being famous like she is. <laughs> and that type right. of thing. It's not freedom like you or I or the listener would understand it to be it's that she kind of got lucky with a head of household. Right. And the thing is too, I mean, I actually find 
Jeremy to probably be one of the most narcissistic of all of the yeah, husbands. He's just not an idiot, and he knows that like you can't yeah. be like a hardcore fundy and be famous. Exactly, and I think that I think Jeremy is trying to set his life up to sort of be like a Joel Olstein. Like that's yeah, what I think he envisions. A hundred percent, and he is like I said, he's not an idiot. He also grew up. I believe going to Christian school. I think he's actually from like the next town over to me. Uh, he, yeah. I know he is. So he's not from like a small town in Arkansas. You know what I mean? He played professional sports. He's quite worldly. And I think that he has like an acute understanding that like a woman dressed like Michelle uh, isn't going to be popular in an Instagram world. That's another exactly, thing about the yeah. Duggars is that they still got popular when we were like watching quaint shows on TV. Yeah. And not in a social media world. And like Jeremy wants to be pot like popular in a social media world. And he understands like he needs Ginger to have like nice hair and nice clothes. Right. And she, yeah. And that's the thing. And, and, you know, moving to Los Angeles and I think they went to one of Kanye's Sunday services <laughs> or whatever. I mean, it's only going to make him more supposedly relatable. Um, yeah. I had this feeling though, when I saw them going there, I was like, I just feel like you knew Jeremy was like trying to catch Kanye's eye. And he probably was like, we're going to have this bro moment. And the next thing we're going to be having dinner with him and Kim. Like that's what I just <laughs> kept thinking. Like his wish was, he was like, yeah, I'm sure it Kanye, is. look at me. <laughs> I'm sure it is. So yeah, it's definitely interesting that Ginger has like gets this kind of like broken free billing. I think from the general public, but I think those of us that kind of have an understanding of like the head of household stuff are yeah. more weary of it. Um, so back to the book. Basically, they wrote this book because they are very popular and they've had a ton of success doing like speaking tours and Jim and Michelle had a book or two. And this book is, I would say the most insane thing about the book Growing Up Duggar is that these girls have almost had no experience at all and every single lesson they teach is just like and my parents say an example of this they don't have any personal um experience almost whatsoever to provide to the reader there's almost no personal insight it's all a regurgitation of things their parents have told them and they're not even trying to hide that right and and what they're and what they're regurgitating from their parents is, is their parents regurgitating Bible scripture to them? Yeah. So it's not even like, well, you know, you really shouldn't do that because when your father and I were younger, it's like, well, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, it's like, exactly. So yeah, they have no world experience whatsoever. And I, I loved at the beginning of the book when, and I think you even said so when they were like, you know, whether you're the girl who goes to church every Sunday or the girl covered in tattoos. And oh, you're like, what oh, girl God, covered yeah. in tattoos are you talking to? None. Well, they specifically are talking to the girl covered in tattoos at Journey to the Journey to the Heart. Is that what it's called? Which uh, is... Yes. Okay. So in this book, they talk a lot about Journey to the Heart, which is a retreat that Jana works at and was, I believe, sent to a couple times. Yes. And Journey to the Heart is like essentially like conversion camp. Um, actually it probably is conversion camp for some lesbian and bisexual girls that are sent there, like literally conversion camp. Um, yeah. The boys version is called alert and they basically send these kids there. First of all, 
Gothard used this as a way to pick girls out and molest them. Uh, but also they send the girls there to be reprogrammed. Uh, it's like really fucked up. It's sad. I thought it was weird at the end, Jana's talking about it and she's saying like there are girls there whose parents aren't Christian. And I'm like, so how the fuck did they get there? Right, exactly. It's like, how did they hear about this? And my only thing was like, I wonder if it's like, you know, somebody's so-and-so, I'm having such a hard time with my daughter and they're friends with somebody who must know about it or something. Cause how else would you know? Yeah. But it's, uh, basically like, you know, a reprogramming camp for girls from troubled homes and that have drug problems. And I would imagine a lot of girls that are lesbians and bisexuals or, uh, transgendered people like that uh they talk a lot about it's just so like when you think about what they do with these type of things then you hear janice say like almost all the girls there have dads with anger issues it's like so then their dads with anger issues force them to go to this retreat yeah yeah and that was the one thing too like when the they're talking about the one girl whose parents were divorced or something and the dad i guess was angry about it and i was just like and I just, I kept getting the impression that the daughter who was reiterating this story about her parents being divorced sort of had to like make up for the fact that her parents weren't married anymore and be like the mom when she went and visited her dad and like Mm -hmm. take on the responsibility of like being cheerful for him because you know, he's an angry man and it's hard. So you're a girl, suck it up. Like. I will say one of the things that's kind of sad about this book is like hearing Jill, um, who was like, I think most people knew Jill was definitely like their golden child. Like she was the first girl married. They love, love, love Jill. She was the first one to have out of the girls to have a baby, right? She had her baby before Jessa. Um, Jill was just like the golden child. And Jill, if you follow her now on social media, seems extremely depressed. Uh, She seems extremely isolated. Derek has gone on social media and said that she's not allowed to be at the Duggar house without asking permission first. Um, She's, like, not allowed to talk to her sisters unless Jim Bob is there. Like, she has been really cut off from the family because Derek and Jim Bob had a big falling out over money. And it's just, like... So I did read in the AMA that we were talking about earlier that sometimes the hardest falls in these movements are the ones that were true believers. And it's because when you like kind of start to wake up, it's like such a crash. And I really think that that's probably what's happening with Jill. And this person pointed out that someone like Jessa, who maybe like has kind of always been like go with the flow type of thing and like not wasn't like so convicted from the heart and Jill has a husband that like fucking loves her and like is obsessed with her and lets her do like whatever she wants. Like Jessica kind of has the best setup and she actually like probably is their head of household because of just like how Ben's nature is. And they just like kind of go along with what Jim Bob tells them and they're happy and content to do it. And I think that she, Jessa is someone that's never given off like true conviction vibes and that kind of leads for a happier life, I think, because you don't need everything to have an answer and you don't need everything to be true. I thought that was really insightful when that person 
who made the AMA said that. And I could definitely see how that was true with Jill because Jill was such a true believer and like was always held up as being like the most true believer. Right. And like the most responsible yes. and loving of God and the nicest and the best sister and watching her seem so depressed on social media. Like I don't mean to laugh, but like so isolated and so depressed. She seems so lonely. I know. And she were, and that's the thing too, that it's just like, you know, I know there's a lot of speculation about why they don't have more kids and, you know, yeah, there's a lot of speculation that something might've went wrong in her latest birth, but yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe not. But maybe who knows? Just... I mean, maybe they were just like, look, we're having two kids and we're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think it's got to be really hard for, for Jill, for a lot of reasons. Not only is she sort of, I think, kind of, you know, she's obviously being isolated from her family that she literally lived with her entire life until the day she married Derek. Mm -hmm. Um, but this conflict that she might be feeling with her husband, where it's like, he is my headship. Mm -hmm. And even if she's like, could you please just lay off of it so I can see my sisters? (laughs) Like she can't even tell him that. And Derek is sort of going through the way I kind of looked at it almost was like, the way um, like David and Janelle sort of like the way David would yeah. just kind of like upset the gravy train a little 100%. bit. It's like, you He's gotta very calm similar down, to dude. Like um, you're, you're- <laughs> here's where I will say I have had a long held belief that I think Derek's, Derek is like an opiate addict. Um, after, so remember how Derek used to look. I'm looking at the cover of Growing Up Duggars and this version has like a, a picture from right after the first baby was born. I can't remember. Israel, is that his name? Is he? Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at the picture. He looked normal. And then if you'll remember, he got jaw surgery. It was mm-hmm. around the time they did their Central American mission where you can get certain opioids over the counter. And since then, he, I mean, after a jaw surgery, he lost how much weight? Like he has oh. this, I like to me it's such a telltale giveaway the way that somebody looks in their eyes and their cheekbones when they're abusing opioids like is so obvious to me and like of course this is a hundred percent speculation but I just like have this feeling that Derek is like an opioid addict yeah oh no a hundred percent and especially because of like just this erratic behavior of Mm -hmm. his like it's just like it it makes me sometimes a little afraid for Jill like like you know he's sitting there he's attacking jazz you know jazz oh, one day God, he's awful on Twitter. and now he's attacking Jim Bob and it's just like it's just I don't know I'm just I I don't try to ever get so like this is their real life and this is how it is but it's like this is their, their real life because like they're not on tv this is him like tweeting and this yeah. is them on Instagram and like this yeah. is their real life so I think that like to feel concerned for her is okay because this isn't like they're on TV and maybe behind when the cameras are off, they're just normal. It's like, he is kind of going off the rails. And I always feel like for, for Jill, particularly being in this situation, like I said before, it's like, she's stuck. Like she can't like she's been programmed her whole life. Like you don't disagree with your husband. Correct. And I wonder even if, like, I don't think she even could, I don't know, this is where I'm curious, because we know that they're not allowed to get divorced, right? And we know they're not allowed to get, go against the head of the household, et cetera, et cetera. 
but Jim Bob is such a narcissist and he clearly hates Derek and had a major falling out with Derek. And I would imagine is pretty embarrassed by the falling out with Derek because courting is a hundred percent based on the father believing that you are like godly enough to marry your daughter. Right. 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 So I wonder if Jim Bob's narcissism and his being the head of the household and his, you know, a hundred percent discretion over anything he does and anything the family does, if he would let Jill come to him and leave Derek, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder, I wonder if Jim Bob's narcissism there would override like what they have been preaching. Yeah. You know, and it's interesting that you say that because after what happened with Josh and Anna and him cheating, I always thought I was like, I wonder what Jim Bob would do if one of his daughters was married to somebody like Josh, like, would he be like, that's too much for me to handle and you're going to ruin things for me and let them get divorced if he, like, if yeah, I don't know. Jeremy out in LA starts, you know, having yeah. sex with a porn star or something, you know, and Ginger's like, I just want to come home, daddy. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a really, I think it's a very interesting question because I think that we know that Jim Bob pushes aside religion if it means that he can get his way and be better and you know what I mean? And get money and not be publicly embarrassed. But like that would be a public decision he would have to make. And so like, I wonder how he would navigate that. It will be interesting to see if that ever happens. Um, I personally think that Maybe the youngest, maybe one of the youngest girls will leave. But I think in general, the Duggars have very, the Duggar children have very little incentive to defect uh, simply because they want to have money and two, like, are so famous. And in a way, I think that makes them have even less resources. Yeah. Because everybody knows, like, like, if Ginger was to try to get a job, I mean, in Los Angeles, people would be like, don't you, don't you just like hate everyone that isn't like Well, that you? just happened. She just got dropped. She got a collab with somebody and <laughs> got dropped because everyone's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like she preaches the hate. donut place. Was yeah. It the donuts, yeah, the yeah. phone nuts or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. They're like, and they were like, we know I'm so sad. We'll do better research next time. Yeah. Uh, So back to this book, the whole point of the book is like what it's like to grow up with a Duggar and these are our rules and why there are rules. And I will say like, you know, I'm somebody that's involved in the 12 step program, which is, I mean, essentially based on Christian theology. And it's just like, they take Jesus out of it to make it applicable to all of us. But like, it's not like all of the lessons in here are bad. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah, like, It's like, because it's, there are like a lot of the good parts of Christianity that are in this book as well, which of course now I can't think of off the top of my head, but like a lot, you know, it's like, like the way that they have, like some of their conflict resolution is like very smart. And like the fact that they like talk things out and, or at least what they're preaching is like, it makes a lot of sense. But also like, to me, I would say my biggest takeaway was like the saddest part to me, I guess, or the part that was most troubling, um, was their complete, like, non-allowance for anyone in their family to ever have any sort of anger, 
was very yes. troubling to me. They yeah. spent a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of time in this book talking about how they're essentially not allowed to be angry at one another ever or at anything and how they like avoid being angry at all times. And that's so unhealthy and it's so unnatural and it creates like such repressed people. Right. And every time, and again, cause it's like what we know now and then reading this book, it's like yes. when they constantly talk about forgiveness and not being angry, I was just like, Josh, 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 Josh. Like they're saying these things and they are being taught that they have to apply this to mm-hmm. Josh. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's just like, it makes my skin crawl. Yeah. Like they're, they're just, it is, it's, it's about, like you said before, that keep sweet mentality. They mm-hmm. can't be angry. Um, you know, they just have this, like, everything's fine and everything will be fine. Yeah. And, you know, just you know, look to the bright side. And they talk a lot about how like yelling is bad. And like, yeah, like I agree with that. Like in an ideal, yeah. like I uh, very much don't like yelling and like would love to like have a family that has no yelling. Um, but it's like they're, they equate like explosive outrage with anger and they don't allow for like natural anger. Like you can be angry without like screaming at someone. Right. Like you're allowed to be angry and not like act out. And so it creates this like this totally unrealistic expectation that you like don't ever feel anger because what they're describing as anger is like explosive screaming on the top of their lungs. Yeah. And if they don't have they don't have any way of like differentiating the two. Yes. So they talk a lot, yes, about forgiveness, about anger and how you're never allowed to be angry and how you need to constantly be sweet and always helping a person because like that's, if you're not, like you're not showing that you're not like living godly. They talk a lot about courting, which for those of you who don't know is based on this book by this guy named Josh Harris, I believe his name is. And he wrote a book called like, I'm giving up dating or something. And courting was not a thing until like the nineties. It just wasn't, it just wasn't a thing. And then this book got super popular. And by the way, like about six months ago, I believe, uh, Josh Harris like announced he is getting a divorce. He's no longer Christian at all. Yeah, and he feels terrible that he ever wrote that book. Yeah, yeah, but it's had like, I mean, Christian Courting has had, the book like revolutionized uh, these Gothard and conservative Christian families. And basically the idea is that you absolutely do not ever date and that you only form relationships with the desire to get married and that all courting must be approved by your parents by your father, really by your father. Right. Your mom's not even involved in this. And that you basically get no say in it. And there is no romance. And you, as we all know, they do their Christian side hug once they're engaged. And the main intent is to get married. And it is just so depressing. Reading what they like equate to like worldly dating is just like, where do you even get this shit from? I know. I, 
The thing is that I just don't understand about it is that like they act like if you go on a date, you're just going out and having sex and you're going to get pregnant. It's almost like it, like the scene for Mean Girls where they're like, uh, have wait, sex I literally, and <laughs> they literally, I texted this to my friend today when I was listening to it. Um, what could be worse than having to tell your future husband that not only did you not wait, but you have a painful and potentially deadly STD. Sex outside of marriage causes destruction, disease, and death. Because they were talking about specifically they, which is surprising and actually kind of smart that they've foc- they've shifted away from like HIV and now they really were focusing on HPV and cervical cancer. Yeah. Now they did mention though that like the rock stars dying of AIDS, um, and I was just like at one point I'm trying to find it in my notes, but they had like talked about. Um, they had talked about how like, you know, people like, like, you know, rock stars and singers have died of AIDS. And I was just like, so I actually was like, oh, well, I wonder, I wonder how many, because I am morbid. I wonder how many like well-known musicians have died of complications due to HIV and AIDS. And it was like, and I was just like, okay. So the average age was about 40. And there was like 57 known cases of musicians that I was like, I've heard, at least heard of them who have died from AIDS. But all of that was like at the peak of AIDS, like when Freddie Mercury died yeah. and things like that. Um, as far as the HPV, and of course, you know, these children have no actual sex education. Mm-hmm. It's something like 0.007% of people who are actually diagnosed with HPV and get cervical cancer from it will die from it. Um, if that even makes sense, how I just worded it, but it's, it's not even, it's like, and you almost have to have HPV for like 10 to 20 years is what they say of it going untreated before it could even potentially turn into cervical cancer. Yeah. I found that in the book, it said in the same way, God has created physical intimacy to be wonderful wedding gift for pleasure and bonding them to procreate children. But if it is done prematurely or with multiple partners, the very thing that was created to bring joy can bring sexually transmitted diseases such as HIV, herpes, and human papillomus virus. Yeah. Which can cause infertility, cervical cancer, and a life sentence of pain and suffering. What could be worse than having to tell your potential future husband that not only did you not wait, but that you also have a severely painful STD that he will likely get if he marries you? Physical intimacy in marriage is pure, wholesome, and beautiful. Outside of marriage, it spreads disease, death, and destruction. That's a crazy thing to say. And when I was reading it, I just kept thinking about Mean Girls. Well, I mean, you'll die and you'll get pregnant. <laughs> it really is that. Uh, so they also talk. So did you notice in this chapter is even called your relationship with guys? I don't know if it was because yeah. I was listening to it, but they kept saying girls and guys, 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 guys. It was such a weird, like it sounded so out of place because they speak very old fashioned. I know. It kept making me think about when, um, about Janelle's uh, ghostwriter, who you said was like a 50-year-old man. And I was like, I wonder if it's the same ghostwriter who helps them with their like guys and gals and like, you know, soda shop conversation. I'm just like, what are you talking? Like, no, that's just not how people talk. 
the print version that I got of this has like all of this new from Jill and Jessa, like post-marriage to show like, you know, how great they are. Ugh, it's sick. Uh, so they also talk about the purity rings, which I found interesting that they say like they didn't get their purity rings until they were teens because Michelle just like didn't know about them before, which goes on to show you that like a lot of this stuff like courting like purity rings is all pretty new and like wasn't even popular until the late 90s and the 2000s yeah because like the purity balls which are so gross and the whole movement that was like in the early 2000s because i remember dateline did a story about that family in colorado who started the purity balls and like yeah but i also when they started talking about the purity rings, what kind of grossed and skeeved me out was when it was like, Joanna started experiencing emotional and bodily changes. And so dad took her out to get a ring. Oh, she and got I was her like, period and got a ring. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, it's just so gross. Like, can you imagine little like 12 or 13 year old Joanna? It's like, mom and dad, I got my period. I guess it's time to get my purity ring. Like, it's so weird. Like, the last person I wanted to talk about my period with when I was a child was my father. Like, yeah. Ugh. So I thought one thing that was really quite interesting was the notion, the assertion they make at the beginning of this book that Jim Bob and Michelle spend more one-on-one time with each of their children than most parents do with their kids. Yeah. And that's a lie. <laughs> That is such a lie because they get one day a month that they're like allowed to talk to their parents. Yeah. And that they declare that that means that they spend more time with them than anyone else they know. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have only have one child um, and I'm also like a part-time stay-at-home mom. So I'm going to say I probably spend more time with my child than the Duggars do with any of their kids. So (laughs) lies. Yeah. Terrible lies. Um, I also liked that they talked about the prayer closet, which made me think of Carrie. Um, (laughs) like I was just like, okay, you guys have a prayer closet. That sounds interesting. And like the questions that the parents ask them, which I think that- I have them right here. Yes. Um, who's your best friend? What qualities do you admire in him or her? Does the friendship tend to build you up or pull you down? What do you want to do in your life? Whom do you want to be like? What social skills do you want to develop? Do you wonder what God's life, God will have for your life? What books are you reading? What interests you in the book and how has it influenced you? Have you ever thought about writing a book? What topic would you want to write about? What things in our family discourage you? Clutter, conflicts with your siblings, lack of space, rules when others get in your stuff? What changes would you like to see in us, mom and dad? More time spent with family, greater spiritual leadership. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. What projects are you working on now? Just basically like they ask these questions, like goad their kids into talking to them. Right. And here's the thing also, it's like, you know that these nine questions are asked to them every single time they see their kids because they Mm -hmm. don't know their children. Yeah. They Um, they probably are like, wait, who are you again? (laughs) I also thought it was interesting. So they talk a lot about friends. Like there's one part and I mess early on and I uh, messaged you this and they're talking about how one of them was going to a sleepover and she was so worried that she wouldn't have seen the latest movies and know what to talk about. And I was like, they let the girls go to sleepovers and they let the girls like 
have friends that watched regular TV. Like there were a lot of things that didn't ring true to me. And they talk a lot about friends that I'm not sure necessarily exist. Yeah. And that's how I felt too. I was just like, that would go so much against like the entire way of your upbringing that we know you don't actually socialize with anybody who doesn't actually believe like you. And the reason that we would know this is because like the girls were never even allowed to go over to their cousin Amy's house. Correct. And Amy could never come to their house unless Jim Bob was there. And it's just like, so you mean to tell me that you are family friends and friends that are having sleepovers with people who watch TV and watch the latest movies and no. It's just I love when they they describe in the book like our relationship with culture. And they're allowed to watch like some episodes of the Andy Griffith show um, and some old movies, but they have to fast forward certain, like, I know they watch The Sound of Music, but they have to fast forward certain uh, scenes or pause them to talk about like why you're not allowed to take the Lord's name in vain. Yes. And I, and I think also too, when they were like, um, they might go on like a movie fast because, you know, movies show how like you're disrespectful to your parents and all of these like worldly influences coming in and and wanting to because they talk about how like it desensitizes you when you see it too much Mm -hmm. Um, which is not particularly shout out those christian movies that like kirk what's his face kirk Kirk cameron Cameron. yeah Yeah. he like produces (laughs) yeah oh god what's the name of them it's like um oh my god isn't he like an airline pilot and then it's like, like a rapture like the rapture yeah and then like the apocalypse happens yeah. and yeah. yeah i can't remember what they're called but so they like music but basically only classical music they don't um they don't endorse any christian contemporary music because they think that rock music is very bad they think that dancing is very wrong they do not dance yeah no dancing they don't drink they yeah. don't smoke um they don't do anything fun. So like what just makes me so sad is that like, and I'm a person that considers myself spiritual. Like I have a big belief in a higher power. Hell you converted to Judaism because you felt like your spirit was Jewish. So I'm assuming you're religious. Like it's not that I'm anti-religious. What makes me sad is that they have, they're not allowed to have anything else in their life, but this one narrow view of God that Bill Gothard approved and gave to Jim Bob. The thing is, too, it's just, like, obviously no person is perfect, but, like, they have made themselves appear to be perfect and that Mm -hmm. they have found the perfect answer to the perfect life. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, here you are listening to a man who's literally molesting children and you have no qualms with it whatsoever because it's, it's exactly what you're looking for, like you said, to be a narcissistic cult leader. Yeah. Uh, they also talk about politics, which I was pretty surprised they would talk about uh, in the teen book, you know, but they talk about, I forgot all about them endorsing Rick Santorum. God, remember Rick Santorum? <laughs> Did you? I found um, their little video they made for Rick Santorum. Oh. No. Yes. So they had like a, um, and I can read all of the things that they talked about because I was like, so they made like a um, campaign video for Rick Santorum and they obviously used like the, the talking heads from like 19 kids and counting when it was like mm-hmm. the colored backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And so like 
they have like each person go through like why you should vote for Rick Santorum. And so Jim Bob says it's because Rick has been married for 21 years. Michelle is like, says for raising seven precious children and one in heaven. Josh is, he creates jobs. And then I don't know what, who, what baby this is, but there's just like some random baby with a thought bubble above her head. That's like, Rick cares about my future. And it's just like, (laughs) but I'm like, they don't actually use all of their kids in this. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you have actual children that can talk. Why are you using this random baby? I didn't know if it was like Josh and Anna's, if it, cause it wasn't Josie. I was like, whose baby is this? Jennifer? It, well, Josie was in it and she oh. was a baby. Um, but I don't, so it might've been Josh and Anna's, but then Anna, um, who's rocking, I'm, I swear she's rocking a bump it in this. Okay. <laughs> she's like, he's 100% pro-life and wrote the partial birth abortion ban bill. But Luckily, that did not pass at the federal level. Jana's like, he has honesty and integrity. Then John David comes on. I swear, you have to find it if you just look it up on the internet. But John David is literally like four inches from the camera and he's <laughs> screaming and he's like, national defense. Oh, God. And oh it's God. just like, oh my God. And then Jill gets on with her horse teeth, poor Jill. And she's like, he's a tea party candidate before a tea party even existed. And I'm just like, do the Duggars yeah. officially endorse Trump? I don't, I, I can't, I don't think. I mean, of course they said. voted for him, right? Like, right. Of course, like we know they voted because yeah. they like literally believe Hillary Clinton is the devil. Right. Because she wears but, pants. Yeah. They like hate, hate, hate Hillary Clinton. But obviously I'm assuming in the primaries, they didn't support him. But I wonder if they ever officially endorse Trump because, like, he's really not in their values. (laughs) Right. And I actually wrote that in my notes. And I'm like, I wonder what they honestly think of Trump. Because, like, part of, like, their courting rules is, like, if a man is, like, or a guy is interested in them. (laughs) And he has, if he's, like, divorced, then he needs to, like, go back to his wife because he made a vow. And I'm just like. Donald Trump's been married four times. Well, like, as we know, they're very close with Mike Huckabee. Yeah. Um, who has his own crazy son. Uh, they're very close with the Huckabees. They, like, usually support. That's why they picked Rick Santorum, because he was, like, such a conservative Christian. Um, I'm mm-hmm. sure they do that thing that a lot of religious people do. I won't just say Christians, because it's Jews, religious Jews do it, too, where like... I might not agree with his personal life, but he votes the way I want him to, and he votes right, and that's all that matters. But that's not true when it comes to the Duggars, like, according to them. Like, it's not just about how he votes. It's, like, how he believes in his heart and how he lives. Right, and that's what I find so interesting is that I wonder if, if they didn't, I would imagine they probably either, well, I guess they would vote for Donald Trump because I think it was, well, Jason uh, I think it was on Instagram and Anna was like, oh my gosh, look what he did. Jason had oh, Trump 2020 into the grass or something. Yeah, I saw that. So I guess they're at least in the 2020 election open, openly endorsing him, um, which again does not align with what they preach, which I mean, hypocrisy runs deep yeah. typically we should also like point this. out that i think it's easy for a lot of people to say well the duckers are harmless but they are in fact 
quite harmful in that they've donated a lot of money to like very, very conservative uh, values. They use this book geared towards children to teach them how to vote, like literally it instructs them to call their conservative Christian lawmaker and ask how to get involved. Um, they actively campaign for people. Michelle had a voice recording, like a uh, spam call going out about like supporting trans bathroom bill laws, you know, like yes. the trans ban bathroom bills. Um, Jim Bob himself has ran for office and lost every time. Right. He's never actually uh, well, won anything. Well, he was, he was actually, um, he did win when he ran for, I think, state representative, but when he tried to run for Senate, he lost. Okay. Pretty badly. Um, which makes me joyful. Yes. Um, because yeah, and that's the thing. It's like they, their whole thing, and it started with Josh. Josh, you know, lived in DC. He worked for that family yeah. council, Focus whatever. On the family or whatever. Family, it's called, yeah, yeah. yeah. And their whole thing is like they want to base the rules and laws of our country on the Bible. Yes. Well, and, not just the Bible, like on their specific Gothardism right. that we've described. Right. And like, this is like, I just like want people to remember that the Duggars are not just like people minding their own business, like having their own beliefs. Like you can do what you do, but like, we believe in this, even though that's what they pretend to preach. And they mention it all the time in the book. Like we don't judge others, blah, 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 blah. But the reality is, is that they like Gothardism as well is like very political and like that's part of like the foundation of this religion is to like be very politically active. Yeah. And and now Jed, Jedediah, he's <sighs> supposedly running and it's like a whole thing like can he even run? No, because he, he doesn't live in the district. He doesn't really live in the district. Yeah. Um, I guess we should also talk about the recent Josh stuff the raid? Yes. Oh my gosh. So I was a little bit confused by that because, um, so I know it was at his car dealership, but mm-hmm. then some, something else came out too. about, yeah, about but, the house. And that's what I was confused he, okay. about. I was like, so my understanding, basically one day I wake up like a weekend and the internet, you know, certain corners of the internet are like going crazy that there was some sort of federal raid against the Duggars and everyone's losing their mind. And then nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens. And eventually like a Homeland Security agent like doesn't deny, but also doesn't confirm that there was a raid on Josh's car lot, which now doesn't exist anymore. And like Josh's, I guess Josh has a house on the Duggar property. Yeah, there's like little houses like all around mm-hmm. the the the, the mansion. Yeah. Yeah. And the Duggars came out and released a statement and we're like there were like Jim Bob and Michelle and we're like just to clear up rumors like there was no raid by any federal agents on our home. Not like on our property. So Homeland Security is involved somehow, but um nothing has come of it. I mean, though, some, you know, like some people get raided by the feds and nothing happens for two years. Like the feds take their time. Like they take a long time, but also it's possible like literally nothing will happen and who knows what it was even related to. Um, I will say part of the Duggar fandom that unnerves me, and this is very similar to the Teen Mom fandom, is that I think people were like overjoyed at the thought that 
Josh was going to be caught with child porn because that was like the big yeah. talk when it first happened. And yeah, I remember that. And I'm just like, what? No. It's like no. people were thrilled at the thought that Josh was looking at child porn because it meant that they were right about Josh. And while I understand that, for me, it's like, no, no, it's a good thing if he wasn't arrested for child porn. Like, it's a good thing if Josh is not looking at child porn. Like, this is not something to celebrate. If that happens, like, there are very real victims involved in this. Um, It's kind of yeah. like the way that people talk about, like, when it comes out, like, Janelle's being abused and they're like, yes! You know what I mean? Like, they're like... Yeah, it's it's disgusting. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's... I, it's it permeates. It, yeah, it's like one of those... Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, I understand that we want these people to face justice face yeah face justice but yes. like let's not hope that they're facing justice at the expense of somebody else's victimhood like yes exactly exactly it's like it's definitely like for me also like on the Doug, the Duggar reddit they call josh sex pest like p-e-s-t and i don't so understand it's so gross because first of all josh is a, like a molester and like, that's a, even if it, like, I'm sure it has some explanation that I don't understand. And it's like based on something else. And like, I just don't get the nickname, but it's like, he's not a pest. He's like a molester. Yeah. And it's like, why don't you just call him that? Yeah. Or like, you know, call him a child muster, call him a cheater. But like, yeah, I don't know. Something about cess pest. It's just, it's, it's so, oh, I don't know. It's like, a, I don't know. I just don't like the way it sounds. It's just like, mm. yeah, I agree. So what other part, are there other parts of the book that you would like to talk about from your notes? Um, so I think one of the more interesting aspects was sort of like the requirements to court a Duggar. Sure, um, sure. So like they have like these things. And so I think it was when Ginger might have been engaged to Jeremy um, it was revealed, I think, by Ben that Jim Bob sends out like a 50 page questionnaire or something or 50 questions or something. And Ben was like, yeah, it took me like two months to fi finish it and all these things. But like they only had a few listed in the book. Um, but it was just, you know, kind of the basic things being like, does he believe in Jesus and does he love God more than me? Um but I just thought it was just, it's like when you're reading these, it's just like, um, again, it makes me think about Josh a lot. It's like, is he free of all harmful addictions such as pornography, alcohol, drugs, immorality, et cetera? And I'm just like, yeah, I read these things I, 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 like and it's just Josh like, I just feel, that. I know. And I just think I'm like, poor Anna. It's like Jim Bob mm -hmm. has these like standards for his daughter. But he's just like, but the sons, it's like, eh. Like, yeah. I know, I know it embarrassed Jim Bob, but it's like, I don't know. I was just like, oh, I thought of something I wanted to bring up. So <laughs> the, the Duggar girls equate reading romance novels as being oh, yeah. the girl equivalent to porn. They said, it makes like, you lust for marriage. I'll be honest. <laughs> the Duggars and I do share some beliefs about pornography, which is like a gives really unreal expectations and it can be dangerous yes. to forming minds. Like, I don't disagree with that, but they believe that anybody who looks at porn is a porn addict. 
like if you look at porn one time in your life, like you're addicted to porn, according to the Duggars. And just like the way that they're like, and for girls, but similar to porn is romance novels. And it's like, but girls watch porn too. Yeah, but we don't. We read romance novels and it makes us lust for marriage. Yeah, I also what I noticed thought was funny. absolutely no mention whatsoever of masturbation, which I would assume if this was a boy's book written for boys, there would be a mention of it, maybe not using that word, but absolutely no talk because I think they just assume that girls don't feel, or like they repress it so deeply and like girls in that religion just like aren't allowed to feel that way. And like, it's acknowledged that boys do it and it's evil, but it's not even talked about with girls. Yeah. Which is like, I wonder again, it's just like, um, my, I actually have a brother-in-law who grew up Mormon and my sister was telling me how like, basically it's just like anytime, you know, things like those arousals come up, like they just sit there and they just pray and they just pray and they pray. And I wonder if like, I know, I wonder if it's like the same with like the girls. Um, because you know, they do, they do mention in the book that they are thankful that God made them quote normal. Um, so they do have, they do have feelings and urges for guys, but you know, it's just like, that's some real asexuality slander. I know. They did say that. They're like glad that God made them normal with natural urges. Yeah. And I'm just like, so if you have these natural urges, then and it's like, okay, so I guess you just sit there in your, your room and you just pray and pray and pray and pray. Yeah, I think I was surprised by that romance bit because I mm-hmm. kind of thought that like they were into like those Christian movies that were like basically romance movies, but maybe they're not. Well, and it's probably one of those things where like, you know, like even Hallmark movies would probably be considered scandalous for them because well they're not married and they're kissing under the Mm -hmm. mistletoe and I wonder if like the movies they do watch is specifically around like if people are kissing their their the characters have to be married yeah you know or some context like that I don't know because I don't watch movies like that (laughs) (laughs) I don't actually watch any movies I just listen to you and Troy and princess podcast that's all I do (laughs) You know, I also don't watch that many movies. I'm like, I can watch like nine hours of a TV show, but I'm like a two-hour movie. I don't know. I just watched The Irishman with my husband. That's the longest movie in the whole world. Not interested. Don't recommend it. Um, I guess we should also talk about, because we just like haven't really talked about it, is like Josh did molest, I believe, five girls, four of his sisters and a family friend. And it did become public. And in a way, it's very sad that it became public because these Mm -hmm. girls were forced to go on TV and talk about being victims of sexual assault, which is horrific. Um, They did not have a choice in it. And Jill and Jessa, yeah, went on Megyn Kelly and had to have a Mm -hmm. fucking sit down interview about it. And then after the show got canceled and Jim Bob managed to weasel his way onto a new show, Counting On even though he's not technically on it. Oh, um, he's slowly making yeah, his now show he is. keep popping up. Yeah. 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 But I mean, they're executive producers on it. Like they're the ones mm-hmm. getting paid. Um, but they get, you know, the whole first episode or two of counting on is talking about being victims and how they had no choice in it. And it's really one of those things that's like, 
it's so awful that they were outed, but at the same time, like, imagine if they hadn't been, Mm -hmm. and, like, the Duggars were still allowed to be the Duggars that they were with only, like, freaks like me who, like, know about sin in the camp, like, knowing, you know what I mean? It's, it's such a weird, and it goes back to what I was talking about, like, rooting for, like, these people to get justice at the expense of victims, Um, Mm -hmm. It really goes back to that. It's really sad that these girls were, like, forced to be outed as victims and basically forced to go on TV and talk about how they forgive him and love him, only to have him come out with the Ashley Madison stuff shortly later um, and talk about how he's addicted to pornography and, oh, Josh is so fucked up. And Anna just continuing to have babies with him. It's, It's actually quite scary because their oldest daughter is, what, 10 now yes yeah she's yeah 10 because yeah I know and that's the thing that it's that is so you know obviously Jim Bob I think he knew like okay Jill and Jessa are already married but we didn't actually know that Ginger and Joanna were the other two victims until after they were married and then the four of them sued in touch weekly i think is what it was which i think the case ended up getting dismissed um but yeah i think that it's i i remember watching the megan kelly thing probably the only time i actually ever watched fox news in my life Mm -hmm. and i just remember jill crying and being like you know we dealt with this as a family and now we feel like we're being victimized again and i was just like oh should I be watching this? And yeah, I felt which guilty. is like I was awful. But I also am like, you did not deal with this as a family. Like, please, please. right? I mean, they the the Megyn Kelly interview. They're like, you know, we took him to the authorities, which was a family friend who was a police officer who ended up going to prison for child pornography himself. And they um, only took him to the authorities because the family friend's father, like the the victim that yeah. was not a family member, like forced them to. Yeah. And then it ended up being like he was sent out of the home and they made it sound like he was sent to, you know, some actual counseling place. And he was like sent to alert and then flipped houses over the summer with somebody. And it's like, so he didn't really suffer any sort of tangible consequences for what happened. And again, there's, um, you know, the the homeschooling program that they use actually has like portions where it talks about dealing with things like this, which is, should tell you something that like, if it's in the curriculum, how often is it happening that you need mm-hmm. to like, this is how we handle this. Um, and it's very victim blaming. It's very like, what sins have you committed to allow this into your life? Yeah. And what, you know, how are you going to forgive the person that's transgressed against you? And you're just like, and you think about this and Joanna was six years old when this happened. Mm -hmm. And you think about like placing that much blame on a six-year-old and you're just like, I don't know. I mean, again, they're taught to be constantly sweet. They can't be bitter. They can't be angry. They have to forgive. And like you said, like talking about that repression that they must feel, it's like, I don't know how they're not all out just like 
running around like crazy people. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's also the aspect of, you know, the buddy system that's been instituted where they basically have, are constantly responsible for a child. The fact that all the girls and all the boys sleep in these big rooms to kind of keep them totally separated um, so that like Josh or other kids don't have access to them. They talked about, I remember like after this happened and like Jim, Bob and Michelle being like, we like uh, enacted like safety measures, like yeah, basically. Which, and it's yeah, like- put locks on the girl's door. It's like, it's just like one of your children molested three of your children or four of your children and like your like response is like sit up here and tell us you took like preventative measures and sent him to alert yeah and made him shave his head and like okay and it's it's just such a failure and that's the thing that is so hard is like you know all of these children, whether they're male or female, are definitely victims in some aspect or another. But the women in this cult are the real victims here because they are so expected to, you you know, there's like their umbrella system. It's like God is the Mm -hmm. biggest umbrella. And then immediately under that is your father. Mm -hmm. And you are to respect your father. You are to listen to him until the day he dies or probably more likely until the day you get married and then you have to default to your husband for everything. And it's like, these women have zero, like, you know, they don't have any ability. They're literally told like, you're supposed to just get married and have babies for God. And that's what they're supposed to do. And in the book, they talk a lot about, you know, using your single years as a time to discover, uh, discover things for yourself. But it's like, but there's no point because all you're supposed to do is get married and have babies. Yeah, for sure. And I think, and it's like, yeah, it sounds nice. And it, it, it makes it seem like, oh yeah, they, you know, Ginger's a photographer and, you know, Jill's a midwife and Jana's a volunteer firefighter. But it's like, but they're not really those things. They're, they're just, Jim Bob allows them to go out and do these things. And at least with the boys in this, they're, being trained to be leaders and have jobs and be providers. And while that might be stressful, it's like, at least they can kind of have an opportunity to like go out into the real world. Yeah, exactly. And if they want to leave, at least they have some sort of skill. Right. And I think like in the AMA, like that woman even said, she was like, you know, honestly, if I had known it was going to be this hard, I don't know if I would have left. And that is so, I think to me, that's what spoke to me the most was just that that is how basically stunted girls and women in this Mm -hmm. organization are, that they are a hundred percent reliant on men to do everything for them. Yeah. Oh, the Duggars are so fascinating. They're so, we could literally like make this a 20-part series. I'm actually surprised there aren't really Duggar podcasts. Maybe I'll make one. Maybe I you should. should. <laughs> you should make a Duggar podcast. You could go back and do like a, I don't know. There's just so much content. They're so interesting in that like horrific way. And I have just loved talking about it so much. Do you have any final thoughts? Um... My final thought, I guess it would just be 
uh, be content, be sweet, say your <laughs> prayers. <laughs> I'm a true convert now. Um, you'll be seeing me. I'm changing my name. Uh, no, I was listening to, um, like in my headphones, I was listening to the audiobook and I was like, am I being converted? <laughs> this is scary. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, <sighs> I'm just, I'm a true believer now. Praise Jesus and all of his, all of his goodness. <laughs> oh, geez. No, but I just, I guess my final thought is like, it's just important to remember that the Duggars are not harmless and that when talking about them, it, we're not talking about Christianity. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not talking about mainstream Christianity. I'm not even talking about a Joel Olstein type of Christianity. I'm talking about Gothardism, which is a very, very specific cult. And I just hope that everybody understands that, that like, I'm not, I'm true. Like I said, like, I'm truly, we're truly barely talking about Christianity because even though they claim, they say they're Christians, like their Christianity is so specific to their belief that it's like, it has nothing to do with like most of the listeners that are Christian probably. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. Too. It's just like, it's not, this is literally a cult. Like, yeah it's a cult and uh it's a fascinating scary look into really what i think a lot of like conservative republicans whatever you want to call them want this country to look like and uh correct it's terrifying and don't forget when you bend over to make sure that you lift the top of your shirt yes they like, like specifically movies. mentioned to do that in the book <laughs> I don't recommend the book, by the way. In case anybody's wondering, it's not very interesting. Like, it's interesting enough, but in my opinion, it's not like, holy shit, they're so weird that you have to read this. Because, you know, sometimes you read something and it's like, it's interesting because they're so weird. Like, the, they're, it's not even like that. It's just mostly boring. Yeah. It is boring. It's like 256 pages. And it's, it is. It's really boring. The only thing that I think helped me get through it was just knowing how weird they actually are yeah and oh oh what we forgot to say um the one other point I wanted to make was that this book really gets across like how like totally in control Jim Bob is uh this whole book is about like listening to every single thing your parents say no matter what and they they do say at one point in the book that um you have to, accepting the unchangeables in your life, which is your gender, parents, and siblings. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, which is just like, again, that whole idea that like you can't question anything and you should just accept your parents and they know what's best for you. And yeah. Agreed. Okay, Lindsay, do you want to plug any social media? Um, well, I have Instagram. Um, I mostly post photographs of my daughters. So if you're not into looking at other people's kids, it's probably not for you. Um, but if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can. It's Lindy, L-I-N-D-Y-L-E-L-L-E-B's, B-E-S. Um, other than that, I don't really have any other social media. <laughs> well, I'm on thank Facebook, you. but <laughs> we're Facebook friends, aren't we? We are Facebook friends. Yeah, and you have I don't a really, really use Facebook. You have a really cute little daughter. Yes, her name's Jessica. Thank you. I know. I always think she's like the only baby that's like born in the last 20 years named Jessica, and I love that. 
It's so interesting too, because um, we're friends with a family who their little girl is named Lindsay. So which I'm like, it's weird seeing a three-year-old Lindsay running around. And I'm like, it's just, okay. I, I, I will say you are doing the Lord's work. Um, if not for you, who, who would do it? Who would do it? <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much. And I will Thank you. talk to you guys again soon. Bye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.